The Coco Nation Show is an unscripted live and interactive broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Coco Nation Show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds are encouraged and a sense of humor is recommended. Thank you for being a part of the Coco Nation. Radio Shack. Okay. What? The 80s called. Welcome to the Coco Nation. The world's first live and interactive talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer and its hardware cousins. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Coco Nation Show, episode 324. Boy, we have a bit of a different show today. This will be fun. Buckle up. Hang on. All right. So we have things like live reports from VCF West with Mikey. Uh, and Hi. Curtis is not able to join us today. So Mark News will be by Mark. Hi, y'all. <laughs> so on the panel, we have... Yours truly, button pusher. Next up, we have Kevin Holloway. Hello, everybody. And Marco, the man with the news. Glad to be here. And next row, we got Mikey Furman, live from VCF West 2023. Hi, everybody. And Sloopy Malibu. With the game on results. But I have a question. Uh huh. Are we just not going to tell the Canadian government that we're producing content without any Canadians? Not a single one. Uh, oh, they would be so mad. <laughs> They'd have a new tax. I was look. in Alaska. Does that matter? No. Well, they uh, well they they forgot to send their contingents. Ah, uh, it's their fault. They forgot to send the Canadians. Yeah, or is the border closed again? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Next up, Alan. Howdy, everybody. Okay. And bottom row, we got Ron Delvo. Ron Delvo. Ron's garage. Ron's garage. Okay. So has they hit 120 yet? Oh, a few times. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Next up, uh, Rick Uland. Hey, hey. Try to fake us in there a little. Okay. Man in few words. And last but not least, uh, Thunder from Down Under, Nick Morentes. Hey, everyone. How's tomorrow doing? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Well, Detroit. Well, not yet. Is tomorrow any better today? How's it looking so far? <laughs> I'll be able to get some sleep tomorrow. Okay. And... Yeah. Then the last second uh, joining is Brian Weasler. Brian Weasler. 
<laughs> Still getting his mic hooked up. He's the right. uh, warehouse division. Uh, you have mm-hmm. your phone mute. You have your phone uh, volume and mute button right here. Okay. All right. First up, uh, Mikey. You can adjust your own volume and then mute yourself. Hello? Hello, Houston. Houston is here. Are you there? We are here. And you are live. Oh, wow. Still, I'm still live after all these years. That's right. So, let's see. I'm seeing me here, but up here, I don't know how technology works. It's just. Well, we, just see, we do all this with Cocos. Yeah, you may have a Commodore. That's why. Um, no, I do have a Commodore. I do have Cocos, but I'm uh, I'm an Atari guy. I'm so, sorry. Atari um, rules. Yes. So we have somebody we need to give you. Sloopy? <laughs> okay, so I keep looking at myself. I got to get away from that monitor. Because okay. <laughs> I'm going to keep looking down, right? So I called you all here today because I uh, I don't know why. But you did. What, what, are we, what are we up to now? Did we just start? What do you think about the VCSS? Oh, it's pretty great. I mean, you can see the room, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a nice space. Uh, we did, um, well, I, I guess I'll introduce myself. I'm Steve Diederich from uh, the Vitnerd YouTube channel, which oh. uh, we actually crossed a thousand subscribers this weekend. All right. Congrats. So, Excellent. So we are we are no longer sub 1,000 or sub 1K. And um, I feel different. I can retire now. <laughs> so, yeah. no more videos i'm just gonna ride the wave i've so. won and i'm out <laughs> so uh we did um vcf uh southwest which was in dallas which being in california is not southwest to me but it is south and uh that was a beautiful venue if anybody uh saw the videos or had attended that that they got a really nice uh venue there and then this is a great venue as well. So I don't know if you've talked at all about Vintage uh, Computer Festival SoCal. Can we I gotta mash it up there? So this is this is a thing. And if you take a screenshot or whatever, go to the go to the website. Uh, we're actually uh, putting on the VCF SoCal early 2024. It's a brand new VCF. We uh, nobody's done it yet. And we don't have a date because we don't have a venue. And as soon as we find the venue, we'll have a date. But we are looking at um, the L.A. metro area, and uh, but away from the traffic. And um, probably late probably late January. Yeah, late January, maybe early February. Again, depends on the venue and the date we can get. Now, being an Atari guy, there will be Ataris there, but Cocos are welcome. It'll be 68 degrees and, and uh, sunny, right? Yeah, 68 degrees and sunny. And it, the Southern California people will be wearing their big coats because it's cold. Oh, no. No. You know, I, I'm actually a Northeastern boy. I grew up in upstate New York, Syracuse, Yay. New York. Go orange, right? Rochester here. And um, when I moved to Southern California close, well, eight years ago, actually, um, I left my snow boots, my shovels, my winter jackets, gloves, hats, scarves, everything. My long johns. Yeah. Left all of that back in New York and uh, haven't haven't looked at it since. So. But up here in Northern California, you, you can get 
cold. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes. I didn't realize I was muted. So, so who, who have we got online here? Uh, we, uh, yeah, I well, can... Let me bring up the panel here. Yeah. Hey, guys. Ah. I don't think I've met anybody in person here yet, right? No. There we go. There we go. Now you can see everybody. Yeah. Have you been to VCF East or VCF Midwest? I have not. Well, no, um, Southwest was uh, our first uh, VCF that we've been to. Uh, there were Cocoa people there, but none that are usually on the panel here. Yeah. Okay. So I, um, I've gone down a rabbit hole in the last year and a half or two with the YouTube channel where, again, Ataris, I've got a whole bunch of Ataris, but I've really gotten into the other computers. The, all the, every every computer had its quirk and its flavor, what it did, what it couldn't do, what engineers overcame to do. And when he got to the PC DOS compatibles, everything was just, you know, the gray boxes and everything was the same. So I've gone down a rabbit hole buying Cocos. I've got an MC10. I now have a Coco 3 along with a Coco 2. Uh, by the way, I have a Coco 2 for sale. <laughs> I just got the Coco 3. As but, long as um, as long as you don't have any Commodores, we're good. No, as you I said, have, one. <laughs> I, I, I have a sixty-four, a one twenty-eight. I have a couple SX sixty-four luggables. Yay! Yeah, cool. Um, so I picked up a Coco three a few weeks ago. Somebody was selling it. It came with the multi-pack and the Coco three and an SDC and you all that drives it. and everything working. And I won't tell you the price because you'll hate Those me for it. Else. But um, I really lucked out on that one. I was looking. I wanted my hands on a Coco 3 because I want to do more with them. Yeah. And I realized um, Coco 2, as fine of, uh, of a machine it is, it had a little more limitations than the Coco 3. True. That's true. Yeah. So, Graphical limitations and memory. Yeah. So I've got the 512K now in the Coco 3. So I plan on doing some stuff. But I'll tell you guys, I can't believe. Atari has the SIO port where I can daisy chain on a floppy drive and a printer and the cassette and everything else that goes on the SIO port. And then when I got into the doing with the uh, playing with the Coco 2, I'm like, you have one slot for programs and everything yeah. else. And so I'm like, I got to get a multi pack now. So and then, yeah, and that only limits you to four devices. So I now, in my older age, feel your pain. <laughs> of having a Coco many, many decades ago where you had to add more. It could have been worse. You could have had the MZ-10s, right? Well, you could have had, also could have had the TI-99 where, you know, the, the full thing would be covering my entire table, you know, just right, down, right. And down and All down. All the side cards on the side. Right. But you know what the solution is to that? Is to throw all that out and buy a 40-pound PEB box and then yeah, put yeah. the cards in the PEB box that yeah. you can't you can't fit anywhere. Well, that's the benefit of the Coco over the uh, over the TI. With the Coco, you can buy the individual carts and use them individually, or mm -hmm. you can get or you can get the expansion pack and put them in there. But with the TI, once you buy the individual carts, once you get the PEB box, you have to throw out those carts you've already bought and buy new cards for the PEB box right. because you can't put those cards in the PEB box. Right. Uh, although, what some. Uh, Nowadays, through the miracle of technology, like you can get the uh, the card 
to put your synthesizer or speech synthesizer on to put it in the pet box. So, well, a lot of but, us also did uh, repacks, like what's behind me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't catch you yesterday. So, so I wanted to pop over and say hi to you guys. I got invited to come over and check it out. So it looks like it's, you're having fun. Someday you maybe I'll to, make it to Coco Fest. Yeah, you should also come on our show sometime as a guest and tell us oh, about your experiences with Coco. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. I appreciate that. It's obviously a little crazy here today. So uh, if anybody wants to check out Atari, just go to uh, thevitner.com and, uh, or Vitner on uh, YouTube. But definitely check out, go to, um, if I'm allowed to say again, oh, yeah, go to vcfsocal.com, throw in your email address, and we will notify people when we have a venue and a date for VCF in, uh, in Southern California. Okay. Awesome. Hey, cool. That's cool. Well, thank you for inviting thank me you, over. Enjoy. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, I'll trade, I'll trade places with you. Here. Sorry for interrupting. There you go. I was, yeah. You're live. Yeah, you should have a. You should have like a big, uh, you know, record a red recording light. But anyway, oh, okay. So we have people. If Who we, else ever, here? If oh, we yeah. had a red recording light, everyone would run. Say <laughs> <laughs> hey, who you are. Oh wow! There's oh okay. There's like a uh, we have a, a what show. do we call it a hybrid experience. Cool. Uh, so is yeah? Is this the group of people who actually remember how to program a sixty-eight hundred nine? You have yeah, entered the some of us do, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, and who is it? I know that's a Coco person. It's Strick. Yeah, Strick. Yeah, Strick. Yeah, and I talked to him. He was going to be. He's going to be in Germany this month or something. So he has oh, a chaos show. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, anyway, yeah, no. adding all of our network stuff right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so my 6809 story is I wrote a serial driver for a custom 6809 computer that was made down in Cupertino. Um, and that's that's how I met uh, uh, Burl Smith. That's kind of cool. Ooh. Nice. And, you know, because I, I had just done the serial driver for ProDOS for the 6502. And they're like, hey, before you hey. go, <laughs> can you do this thing? Uh, how much experience do you have with a cocoa? What? How much experience cocoa? Well, you know, I had a cocoa. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I, the chiclet keyboard of the first one kind of turned me off. Um, and my folks bought me a 99.4. Um, but then later on, uh, I mean, the 99.4, even though it was a six bit, 16 bit CPU, was really kind of, mm. kind of crappy. Yeah, um, uh yeah right so then i got a coco too so that was kind of fun much better <laughs> yeah well i mean surprisingly you know you would think you would think a 16-bit cpu would just that's what i guess that's when i learned that just because you have a 16-bit cpu it's the rest of the system is important so uh, do you I have, have a question show? here Can you, uh i don't know if you introduced yourself oh i'm sorry uh i'm Maeve hamrick so i didn't i didn't hear Maeve hamrick Okay. Yeah. Um, and somebody, somebody on the panel says you look familiar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't hear you. So yeah, I, I guess I it's yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I, I'm also deaf <laughs> or okay. partially deaf. <laughs> All right. I think Dave we say hard of hearing. 
is the play play term. So, Ooh, do my you hair have a is chill? Uh, you know, not really. Um, hold on, I'm, my hair is distracting me there. Okay, it looks slightly better. Um, uh, no, but uh, I'm I go around and so I I attend the Asilomar Microcomputer Workshop, and uh, I'm trying to get some of the old geeks there to sit for oral history interviews. Cool. Um, so I mean, uh, because I mean, uh, I I don't know if you've seen the Computer History Museum here. They have uh their youtube channel they have a, a lot of really good interviews i uh uh I, if i can say chuck pedal and not get yeah you can yeah okay okay good because <laughs> i mean he's much more associated with the 65 like yeah yeah you know, chuck did a very good and bill Hurd and all sorts of people were were interviewed so but there's still an amazing number of people who know all of this history who we haven't heard their story this hasn't been recorded so that's kind of my that's kind of my mission now but uh, well, thank you for doing that okay we bunch, yeah we have a bunch of stars here here in uh coco nation that we've done so okay things. yeah no we and you know it's uh i guess you can just go up to youtube maybe just a directory of where to find old uh uh, uh, to find oral histories, that would, and maybe that's what I should do because there's plenty. There's plenty of stuff, good stuff online. Um, and so. what we're missing? Huh? And, oh yeah, yes, and right, and it's like yeah, the, um, uh, Bob Franston. I keep bumping into him, and he is not set for an oral history interview. And it's like, dude, you're like, you know, pretty much responsible for making the Apple II a thing. You know, because that VisiCalc was that, you know, killer app, and uh, everybody, everybody else in that era were. I think we didn't know enough about marketing to know that we needed a killer app. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, what what's the killer app for my ninety nine four or my Coco or my Atari? Well, okay, Star Raiders was the killer app for the Atari eight bit. Okay, we do know that. Parsec uh, for the Ti. Part yeah. Yeah, I can't stand Parsec. I'm the with only the, with the speech pack though. You got to it's yes. got to have the speech. Uh what was it? Tombstone. Oh, Tombstone City if you remember that one because that was the example program in the editor assembler. And uh I was able to kind of reverse engineer the the algorithm for it and know when all the monsters would show up and just be perfectly. So yeah, suddenly my Tombstone City scores went through the roof. <laughs> but uh four of algorithms yes and um do you do a lot of these shows uh unfortunately not i don't i don't have the ability to get to the shows as often as i'd like to it's like maybe once every three years i'll be able to come down here uh but i was actually uh i i, I randomly started listening to um oh, what was it the k savitz uh antic podcast um mm -hmm. and uh that I, I really appreciate that podcast because it sort of reminded me of how many people are are out there that you know I've just never heard of uh and pretty much everyone they interviewed was had some sort something interesting to say yep uh so yeah it's um well, and we have lessons to impart for those who are getting in now so yes. my kids just turned 21 and I've been raising them on retro their whole life. Yep. And yep. it's it's kind of fun for them to 
you know, cross paths with the kids that don't have the exposure. And, yep. and it's great to see people light up with, wait, yep. wait this was what was going on then? It's like, and oh, that's it, how cavemen lived. <laughs> well, and it's, it is, and it was a difference. I was just talking with Steve over there the uh, at the Beeb table, the logo Beeb table. Uh, uh, and, you know, yeah, in our day, you booted up into a, a programming language. That was, we were still thinking, uh, or someone was still thinking that, um, people would be writing their own programs. And, uh, and I think that what the IBM PC taught us was no, there's this big, huge market. Uh, because the CPM world was kind of like that, right? It's like, yep. you know, this is for business. We have business apps and the PC came and became a more popular. Well, is it CPM? a toy? I, a toy. Yeah. Right. And- a lot of people bought a machine at home as a toy. You know, yes. I went to the Atari Twenty Six Hundred to basically, can I make an Atari game myself on this on this thing? Right. And, right. And at work, everyone was saying, "I need a new tool." So. Yep. Yep. And uh, no, but I mean, uh, and I I like to tell people that uh, you know, if you're doing Excel, you are programming. That's a that's a data flow machine. <laughs> uh, you're, you're a programmer if you're doing Excel macros. And, um, you know, a lot of people think that's stupid, but, you know, hey, no, it's true. You are doing a program. Uh, and I mean, yeah, sure. Not everybody is going to be hacking, you know, and not everyone has to know what the sex <laughs> opcode does, but uh, which admittedly, you know, 13 year old right. memes of that, that, that kind of endeared me to the, to the, the 68 or nine. Uh, yeah, but, uh, we all still yeah. chuckle every time we flip to past that page in the. Yeah. Yep, there it is. Yeah. yeah. Need to extend oh, the sign at the moment, but. And wasn't didn't the didn't the sixty eight hundred have a halt and catch fire? There was like a testing opcode or something. There is there, yes. Don't yeah. remember. Uh, uh, did that don't make remember it? if it was sixty eight hundred or sixty eight oh nine? I don't. But okay. one of them did, I think. Oh. And I know that. Uh, yeah, I know the Vax actually had one, but it was undocumented. Uh, and then they removed it from the CPU and documented it because you know, well, cool. they're digital. <laughs> but, uh, no, and I and uh, no, and I actually kind of remember in the in the late eighties. Um, I guess Z eighty was popular for little embedded controllers, and then also sixty nine. I had a had a couple of sixty nines. Uh, and I mean, it was the Coco who basically, yeah, you know, gave me the infrastructure to, uh, you know, a, a decent little cheap assembler and a, you know. Let me ask you: Do do you even know what a dragon is? Oh, I know what a dragon is. I mean, okay. I I I am willing to bet there might be one here, this one. but um, I don't remember ever seeing one. Uh, and uh, yeah, I got in a little bit of trouble by. Uh, misremembering that the BBC micro had a 6809. He's like, no, no, that's the dragon. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, yeah. Uh, no, no, and it's like, and um, yeah, and I had a friend who was uh, big into the big into the Coco who, uh, you know, actually bought the floppy drive. And, uh, was able to do S9 or Flex, I can't remember, one of the two, I guess. Uh, and, uh, oh, hey, there we go. Someone's 
doing something real. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's Liz. Anyway. Okay, hey, there's uh, some other people lining up. I'm going to, so it was great, yeah. uh, great to meet you. And this is the Coco Nation. Yep, that's I'm sure I can find you. Uh, there's, yeah, right. I've already scanned. Okay. Yeah, okay, cool. You have a link to it. So. Okay, cool. All nice right. Nice to meet you. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Take care, people. Thanks a lot. Yeah, get my coffee and then. All right. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. I can't because I can't really hear him. Uh, I don't have I, I I have no idea who that guy is. But hopefully you guys enjoyed talking to him for a little bit. Yeah. He did say his name, but oh. I'll have to go, we'll have to go back and look at the show notes. What did, you, what did you just run? C basic. Okay. I think I think uh, C basic is uh, it runs uh, color basic from inside of Flex. There's another one. I don't I don't know if I have it. Uh, uh, I don't know if I have it on this particular disc. There's another one called D basic that actually has disc. So th this this one has no no disc access. Thank you. Um, I think you have I think you have to do very cool. Uh, exactly. People digging into Flex. Uh, Charlie Delta zero three or something like that. <laughs> to get out of this one. Hey, Mike, you're right. You're right there at the. What did he say? Exactly. E X E C. Exactly. N percent H. And Charlie Delta zero three. Mike, you uh, see well, if you can that's, get. Uh, that's not. That's not right. Yeah. All right. Mikey, see if you can get a, a youngster on the uh, Let's see if I, uh, head, headset. We'll ask him questions if he knows anything oh, about it. Uh, who, who, who do you want to talk to? Well, there, there was a couple of young guys okay. that come by and st stared and then left. Well, they want to talk to you, so one of you can uh, pick up the headset. Hello. Hello. Howdy, howdy. Hi. So, have you messed with a cocoa before? No. And what do you not. think? Uh, so it was. It looked like I was in some other DOS system before, but now I'm like stuck in the basic. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, we can't see what you're doing. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So yeah, Ron, they're running Flex. And We're running flex, of course. I think they started up C Basic. Yeah, yeah, they started C Basic, and that uh, that runs uh, Color Basic. So let's let's go back into uh, Slack. So I'm trying to type uh, upside down. C Basic run. Yeah, date. Wow. Okay. Wow. Ooh, funky. Uh, let's see, it's uh, uh, it's zero eight zero five one two three. <laughs> I think you need space. Uh, let's see. If, oh, you have to put a space between. Oh, I think you need spaces. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have. Uh, I don't have a capture set up. There you go. All right. Yeah, if you had done a D, D basic instead of C basic, is uh, you can type uh, flex to get out of it. Okay. Anyway, so like Dura worked before, I believe. Hey. All the stuff. It looked like it has a, has like a C assembler and stuff like that on here. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. How C, they C would have a developer. Both. Yes. Wow. They have an editor. You have an assembler. You might have a high level language interpreter. 
You've got yeah. some sort of DOS commands. That's the, the, the right. there's a couple of OSs for the Cocoa at the time. Flex is one of them. Right. And, and I mean, that's kind of, this was state of the art for, uh, you know, the late seventies, early eighties, you had, you know, a screen, you had commands, you had storage yeah. that had more stuff in it. And then, you know, <laughs> we come along with DOS to kind of standardize the idea, but a lot of people had a lot of different uh, approaches that were very, very much like this. Wow. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, this, 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 this one, this one is going to break. Um, I don't know. I still don't know exactly what I did wrong. I have to, I have to figure out what happened. Oh, <laughs> it's going to, the, the linker is going to blow up. Uh, linker's going to blow up. going to run out of memory or something. No, no. Uh, there's a link. There's a linker problem. I don't know. Oh, I see. What I, because it's, 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 as you'll see, it, it'll complain, and you'll, you'll, I think you'll scratch your head, too. Okay. Got two pass C compiler on here. Then it's going to assemble it. Not too shabby for 8 bits. Yeah. 64K. Well, I used to run Manx C on my Commodore 128. It's doing the linker, and then it's gonna go. See, so I. Oh, you're not getting picture. Did, did I get that wrong? You got put got put char in there, huh? It's the the linker is complaining that uh, it can't find put par, and it's a C program. So <laughs> anyway, let's see if we can fix it. I, it's list. <laughs> Here we go. Live debugging. Oh. Uh, list. Oh, list, not type. That's right. Test at C. Here. That is the fun of these events. All right. There's just so much stuff that goes on. Yeah. You you can you can continue to uh, play if you want, uh, and uh, or and or move move on. Uh, uh -huh. If you're if you're interested, uh, you yeah, can yeah. scan some of the QR codes. the The people the people here on the show are the Coco Nation, and their their link is down here on the okay, board. Cool. So. Yeah, I've never seen this particular OS on the on the Tandy Thank before. You. All right, guys. People are just gonna just gonna come by, and I have to. Uh, I have to uh, do my job and, uh, you know, talk to them and tell them what's going on and represent, help them. Help them yeah. Act actually do the presentation. So, uh, first guy was talking a little, little bit long winded, but hopefully that was okay. Or the second guy. It's all good. Cool. So yeah, both of them were excellent. It's been a pretty good, uh, pretty good show. Um, let's see what time is it now? It's 1130. There were a bunch there were quite a few people right around 11 when we started the show. Would you like to talk to some Coco people? You can put on the you can put on the headset if you want. Uh, you have your own uh, you have your own mute and volume here. So, yeah. So this is a. Uh, this is the person that does nibbles and bites. That's correct. It's June, and uh, yes. she does nibbles and bites on YouTube. And uh, her her channel is actually pretty interesting. She does a lot, you know, a lot of uh, like expl explanation of how to do 
programming on uh, Commodore 128 and oh. uh, some assembly language programming and all kinds of stuff. It's pretty. It's a pretty interesting YouTube channel. Yeah, I met her at uh, VCF Midwest last year. Ah, uh, yeah, that's Hi, uh, that's uh, uh, Sloopy. Hey there, Sloopy is the is the one kind of in the middle there with the Coco Nation. So ah, yeah, wrong button. <laughs> yeah, show her. Oh. She looks better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I I could scare a freight train down a dirt road. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Commodore 128, uh, how about any Coco or 6809? I actually have a Coco 3 in the lab, and I'm planning on getting some stuff working for that as well. Awesome. Yep. Are yeah. you going to be at uh, VCF Midwest oh, this year? Yes, I am, actually. Um, so uh, interesting thing. Yep. What am I hearing? What's that? Oh, okay. If yeah, this is so, annoying, I can turn I can turn this off for the moment. Oh, that's no big deal. I was just trying to make sure there wasn't anything flooding the mic. No, no, no. But um, yeah, so um, he was actually teaching me about uh, Flex. Uh, yeah. While I was here yesterday, it's actually yep. really awesome. The fact that He's there's been a teaching around here and everything. Flex. <laughs> I've been teaching everybody about Flex. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, he's been flexing his Flex. Right. Yeah, I'm actually really envious of you guys because the 6809 has a uh, has that relocatable stack and relocatable zero page, which is so cool. Yes, like I only get that on the 128D, um, or rather on the 128. So when I go over to the 64, it's like, oh god, what's this? <laughs> yes, you do. 6502. You can't move the zero page. You have eight bit index registers. What do you? How do you do stuff? A fixed first, stack. Of very poorly. Day. The 6809, when they when they designed it, they really had high level languages in mind. So that's why you have 16 bit indexing and two stack registers. Hello, frame pointer. Yep. Oh, Ron, we're getting okay. I got to run, but it was nice chatting with you guys. Yeah, awesome. All Thank right, you for thanks. stopping right. by. Yeah, let us know how it goes with the Coco Three. Uh, there, there's a last minute question. Let us know how it goes with the Coco Three. Uh, so, <clears throat> thank you. <clears throat> yeah, she's a very uh, awesome person. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Talk to her mm -hmm. a little bit, but uh, as she as she said, I talked to her the other the other day on uh, yesterday when she stopped by. So she found uh, found Flex to be pretty interesting. So, yep. Okay, cool. So uh, a little later on, like after lunch, you uh, want to do a uh, walk around? Yeah, I mean, I can I can pan over to the other side of the room just quickly from this uh, uh, from this vantage point here, uh, right right across the way over here. Looks like they have some uh, uh, the table facing us. They have some game machines, and uh, if you see uh, if you see behind the row the row behind. Immediately behind them, you see big big boxes and monitors back there. The backs of them. Yep. Mm -hmm. Those are all like those are Sun workstations. And then across across the way, all the way in the back with the monitors facing us is a uh, uh, Amiga. And then down on this side, uh, somebody's got a uh, a deck machine of some kind. I don't remember. 
I haven't actually talked to all these exhibits, so might do might do that a little bit uh, while walking around. There's a deck machine. There's an HP. There's an Apple One down there. Uh, there's some some Mac some Macintosh more Macintoshes. There are yeah. a ton a ton of Macintoshes in this show. I yeah. cannot even believe it. I even see the toilet seat laptop. Uh, is, is there is there a G three? Um, yeah, actually, behind the guy behind the guy in the pink shirt. Yeah, I I I, I see I see now I see now. So what's keep going left. And then, uh, you know, far, farther, farther back, uh, if you see the one with the two posters, uh, I, I wanted to be next to, next to that exhibit, but unfortunately, uh, fortunately I didn't, I didn't make it. Um, that guy has a, uh, luggable portable computer from 1976 with a 6800 in it. Nice. And he told me, nice. he told me that he took this luggable computer to, to school with him. And I asked him, did anybody bully you? And he's like, uh, yeah, no, I was a geek anyway. I'm like, I mean, in my day when I brought that kind of stuff to school, I was, I was made fun of, made fun of quite a bit, but you know, but that was in the eighties when people maybe knew what, what home computers were, you know, anyway, that, that, that exhibit back there is really, really interesting. And then, uh, oh. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure what they have in the middle section, but all the way, on, all the way on the back wall. You see where they have the uh, yellow stripe on the back wall back there? Mm-hmm. That entire wall is full of Macintoshes. That entire back wall. Uh-huh. Uh, and wow. Do any of the, are are any of them running OS nine? I don't think so. So anybody, I was talking to Curtis about uh, about OS nine for um, for the Macintosh, and I don't I don't know if that's available. Uh, that's the, the, that's the guy, on, the, yeah, the guy behind. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, um, the guy. You see the the bra- the bracing. The we're really serious about the earthquake bracing here. But behind behind that, you see some people back there. Guys, got a uh, PDP eleven and uh, an ADM three A terminal over there, and the PDP eleven is controlling an LED sign. That's pretty interesting, exhibit. So, oh, nice. Anyway, that's that's what I can see from the, you know, from the booth here. Are there so any the other? Show, uh, the show other... is all one big room. No, uh, computer. The computer history museum. Used to be, um, actually, an office building for Silicon Graphics (SGI), and so this is this used to be their corporate headquarters. So this is a very huge building, and uh, so we're just we're just in one room. There's a main uh, outside the door. There's a main atrium that has uh, has some people in it. Um, we'll see if. Uh, you guys know about the um, Macintosh librarian is out there. Her, vid- her vid- I don't know if you've seen her videos, but for yes. me, Macintosh librarian, they're sometimes they're too cute for mm. me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're fun videos. Um, the Sphere computer is out there, and then uh, 
there's a whole a whole nother section with the uh, consignment. So it's actually uh, multiple rooms. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty much covering. I think about half of the how, this. We're on the second floor. I think it's about half of the second floor. When you say con- consignment, it's an area for sale. That's correct. And uh, since I've since I've mostly been uh, trying to exhibit and tell people about what I'm doing, uh, which is a good thing because my wife would absolutely kill me if I bought stuff. But unfortunately, <laughs> I've got free stuff. <laughs> Did is there any other uh, cocoa uh, displays or even tandy displays? There are not. I have managed to do the only one. So uh, maybe. Maybe one, maybe one of these days um, we can do another uh, another cocoa group because that went over very very well. Well then, uh, I guess in, we're in, two, in 2019. Um, I sponsored the entire thing. I emptied out every every single cocoa that I had in my collection and brought it down to make it easier for people who need to travel. And we could, in the future, we could arrange something like that where if you travel a long way, um, if you want a a basic Coco two or Coco three with uh, with monitors. I can supply that part of it, and you can bring some other stuff. Uh, that's 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 an, uh, a possibility if you guys want to do it. So maybe we could do a Coco Nation at VCF West next year or something. This Coco is definitely underrepresented this year. Yeah, I blame uh, Marco and uh, and Tim Lindner for the lack of uh, Coco representation there. Sorry, <clears throat> I don't know what Tim's excuse was, but I had other things come up. I thought about it earlier, but yeah, it's Tim lives near me, but we were about nine hour, 10 hour drive from the Bay area now. So but still, yeah, he, yes, yeah, he also used to live in California too. So, right. He was here yeah, in 2019. Uh, Tim Lindner was local. So uh, it was easier for him to get here. Is but, there a uh, Steve Vance in there? I saw that uh, he was. Uh, Yes, uh, yeah. Steve. Steve Batson was around. He he, he uh, lives near Sacramento, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah he would be uh, there. I I spoke I spoke to uh, Steve Batson uh, a few times. So, um, but I don't see him uh, right at this right at this moment. Smile. <laughs> yeah, pictures pictures of pictures of taking pictures. I may have to I may have to uh, do my job. Oh, good spot. Bye. Put them on. Put them on. You had a co- you had a cocoa too way back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah. Back in the uh, back in the early uh, uh, early eighties. Yeah. So uh, what what I'm showing here is uh, I'm showing an operating system that uh, the cocoa cocoa folks basically forgot about. Okay. Flex came out in um, originally in like 1978. Okay. Uh, for 6800, uh-huh. and then uh, they ported it to 6809 in 1980. Uh-huh. Uh, the color computer was 1980. Color uh-huh. computer got the disk drive in 1981. Uh-huh. There was no, di- and then Flex came in 1982. Okay. And in 1983, they had the official uh, OS9 port for the Cocoa. And when OS9 came out, everybody forgot about Flex. Okay. So what was what was Flex like? Well, it's it's here. That's what that's what's running here. Basically, it's a very very straight up kind of traditional disk operating system, okay. and that's distinct from basic. It's not a basic interpreter. It's an operating system. So 
it, it provides a kernel and file management, and uh, you have a disk driver and a terminal driver. Right, so it has, has commands, you know, like dir uh, type, uh, type yes. commands? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, and it'll, it'll, it'll slowly delay. So. Yeah. So I, I am uh, live streaming at the moment. Uh, if you have any other questions, you can let me know, and uh, I will uh, uh, answer them. Uh, so, uh, so there was a. Is there an interrupt, uh, like uh, to interrupt the directory listing uh, key? Um, no, not in not not in not in this one that I that I imported. Um, okay. that's, that's something I'll have to. Uh, um, I had to do. Because um, this is a 51 character screen, uh -huh. I had to do a little bit of porting work. The, ori the original version that I ported from, you could actually stop it by like hitting enter or something. So it's uh, so a list. List? List, yeah. So, so he's typing away on the, on the flex here. What's his name? Uh, what's your name? Uh, Jason. Jason, okay. You know, I could probably uh, I could probably show you guys what he's yeah. What so he's the doing. so the setup is to uh, to set some sort of the, the setup command is some set some sort of machine register like uh, the for the video mode or and stuff like that or what did setup do? Oh, um, what what setup what uh, setup actually what setup actually does is it um as operating system configuration. So setup, you can configure uh, configure like uh, the disk drives, what their parameters are, double-sided, single-density okay. tracks. Uh, you can set up uh, terminal parameters and uh, some other things like that, so. Okay, and, and uh, well, it's got a D and a T. So was this uh, just stored in like a 32-bit word somewhere in a some configuration register? No, it's a string that gets parsed. Okay. That does different things. Uh, I actually don't have the instructions uh, no, I do have the instructions for setup. Let me see if I can find that. All right, I'm I'm going to switch here on uh, on the uh, OBS and see if I can't find the instructions for. Can you guys see my screen on there? Yep. So it has a cat command, but when I type cat, if then it didn't execute cat, then I had to do. Do I have to do something to execute the cat command file? No. Maybe I did type cat. I'll try. See so if I can answer this guy's question. See if we have seven. You know, guys, uh, if you read some of the reviews in uh, Rainbow about um, Flex, one of the things they say is the documentation is really good, which we're looking at here. I can make this a little smaller. So here you go. Here's a manual for setup. Okay. Option field, as I said, it's but it's alphanumeric strings that can can uh, can control different things. Um, PB, right? I actually say 
set up disks. So the, the one right. the one that you Double saw, uh, disk starts with a drive number and then the drive options. And then so there's there's a whole bunch of different whole bunch of different things. How we have we have to spend time to be RTFM to figure out yep. what this thing is actually what you bet. Set up printer, uh, set up memory, set up disk. I, I see what's I see what's going on now. Um, I'll be a little bit better. Set up memory. Yeah, because uh, you have the paper, uh, set up terminal, etc. So that's what the setup command does. Yeah, so th this used the same, I forget the, the name of the standard, the same disks that they like the, the early IBM PCs were using. They had uh, taking sectors for track and. Uh, um, no, um, for, uh, 48 TTI. So uh, okay. 40 tracks, single or double sided, single, single or double density. Okay. So anywhere from 80 kilobytes single sided to um, you could you could do this. This system you can do uh, double sided double density, so you can get um, just under 360, not exactly 360. Okay. Yep. Yep. Cool. Um, uh, and so I see a bunch of C files on it. So did they actually have a native C compiler, or yeah, it is. Yeah, it's called the Macosh C compiler. So uh, they originally wrote the compiler for Flex, and then they also uh, ported the compiler to OS nine. So okay. it was. It's the same. It's almost exactly the same C compiler on Flex and OS nine. Okay. So. Yeah. Cool. I would. I, uh, you have a. You have a code now? Uh No, I had one. That, I had one when I was growing up, but uh, I I didn't keep it. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I had a Cocoa and a Vix one and a TRS eighty. Cool. So yeah, that's uh, uh yeah, I've never I've never heard of the operating system before. So that's uh, uh that's cool. Uh, yeah, I've had more time. It's interesting to see you got a uh two hold in and see the pilot right into that little of a uh, yeah. Well I'm uh, as as I showed you before, I am uh, uh streaming live on uh on the Coco Nation at the moment. But um if, if you come back later, later in the afternoon, this will be done, and we can talk some more if you want. Okay. Well, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I keep uh, I keep look keep looking at the watch, and uh, we're almost almost uh, one out one hour in. So, uh, do you guys have any questions? Want me to pan again, or no, do we want gonna... to uh, come back uh, come back to this later? Yeah, we'll uh, we're gonna go ahead and take a commercial break, do get some game on challenge, some news, and uh, when we come back, you can uh, take us on a tour. All right. Yes, yeah, so I'll I will uh, I will set up for uh, for a portable while you guys are doing game on challenge and whatnot. So. Okay, that sounds good. And, all right. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Mikey. Sure. And with that, we will take a break and refill the coffee. Hey, Amy. Hey, Taylor. We're watching the Coco Nation show. Yeah, we are. Woo! You should too. <laughs> 
everyone, it's your good buddy, your good pal Amigo, and joined by that dastardly The Brent from ARG Presents. You're watching Coco Nation. I feel like that should have been longer. The Coco Nation Show would like to thank the following patrons. Alex Gare, Brendan Donahue, Brian Walsh, Brian Weasler, Kieran Anscombe, Coconut Bob, Daddy Burrito, Diego BF109, Don Barber, Eric Canales, Glenn Hewlett, Glenn Wabke, Grant Leedy, Henry Strickland, John Bodefkarschaller, Justin Larson, Ken Reichard, Kevin Holloway, Mike Rayburn, Patrick Euland, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, R. Allen Murphy, Retro Tech Time, Rob Inman, Rocky Hill, Steve Batson, Terry Stege, Tom C., Tom Gunderson, Tom S., Tony C., and William A. Thing. Thank you so much, patrons. Welcome to Every And we are back. We didn't have a uh, new Discord this week. So... Okay. We will next week. Uh-huh. All right. Flipping buttons. All right. Uh, Sloopy, you ready? <laughs> I guess that's a yes. All right, take it uh, away, Sloopy. Uh, let's see here. Greetings. This week we play Balloon Fire. All right. By Terry Steen, as we all know. We had... 16 archers in 16th place. We had Marco with 2270. Yay, not zero. In uh, 15th place, we had Ed Rhodes with 2520. 14th place, we had a last minute entry of Exile in Paradise at 3410. I must say, congrats, uh, uh, Alan, because you did better than Sloopy in uh, being late. 13th, we have Henry with 7720. 12th, we have Mark B with 8230. Which reminds me, how was level two? Did I find a level two? Yes, you did. Oh. You actually got to level three. I did? Yep. Wow. Okay. That's just like almost the first. Mm hmm. 11th, we had Canadian Retro Things at 8410. 10th place, we had Rich N at 8640. 9th, we had the man himself, Terry Steen, at 8850. 8th, we had Brian Weisler, Weisler, sorry, at 9210. 
seventh, that Canadian game player, L. Curtis Boyle at 95.60. At sixth, we had this guy at 12,350. Fifth, we had Shenley at 12,930. Fourth, we had Sabhead at 14,110. Third, we had that other uh, trifecta of the Game On Challenge, Jim Rye at 17,360. Number two, we had Buck Owens at 18,380. So that means the number one archer is, can anyone guess? All right, your bets your bets are in the books. Tasman. Tasman at 19,760. Thanks for playing. So we've really got to make a salute for Tasman. Mm-hmm. But mm. the manual we salute. need a we need a Buck Owens versus uh Tasman uh um face off. Yeah, the showdown. <laughs> the playoff round. Yeah. Exactly. As long as they show up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I um Wasn't able to uh, really find much in the way of reviews for this, <laughs> but then my uh, Google skills are not as as good as Curtis or uh, Ken. But we did have uh, the uh, programmer himself, our very own Terry Steen, on the show Thursday, basically uh, talking about the game and and his games in general and programming um i would highly recommend uh going back to uh, and watching it not right now continue to watch the show but after the show later tonight after you've had dinner watching at least the first hour i mean yeah the second hour is kind of like slow going but at least the first hour because he he discusses making this game and other games and and other such wonderful stuff so was that after I fell asleep? Yes. <laughs> so, um, basically, um, when it came to uh, Balloon Fire, the biggest uh, recommendation was just go back and forth and make sure you shoot a lot. Um, the, yeah, rapid uh, fire would be helpful in this one because I find I wasn't firing fast enough. Yeah. I know a lot of people when they got to level four, they hit a wall because it would be go it would go too fast, and it would have one all in the left side, and then you'd have to go all the way to the right and not quite make it, or the right side and then go to the left side and not quite make it. So basically, it was more of a whole thing of getting as many points as you can per per man until you got to that level. Um, and then once you lost your life at that level, it reset down to a lower level and then continue getting as much score as you could. Um, several people have uh, noticed that uh, at the 5,000 mark, sometimes you get one extra life and other times you'd get two extra lives. And this was actually seen on the stream too. So that... I think some of the highest uh, scores were gotten when it gave you two extra lives. But anyone else have any comments on the gameplay this week? 
What year was uh, that game? I do believe 84, 85. Uh, let me look real quick. Uh, there we go. So this game had a little trick on it. Uh, when you got to about somewhere between eight and 10,000, there'd be about two or three seconds where the game just basically crawled almost to a stop and then it just picked back up again. Yeah, there's no date on it. And uh, <laughs> the L. Curtis Boyle uh, uh, website uh, fails us and just says 198 question mark. So whatever year that is. If anyone knows what year that is, I'd, I'd like to know. Well, the strategy that I use, the one that Terry also talked about as well, was the fact that you're not limited by the number of arrows. So you might as well just keep hitting the button and dumping arrows uh, whenever you're moving. And uh, mm -hmm. what worked well for me was just kind of hovering in the middle and right. just keep keep hitting the arrows. And so that way, if you get one going, just keep dumping arrows to, as you move to the left or move to the right. And because you never know why you're while you're heading that way, another balloon might come come up as you're uh, as you're moving and you just keep catching them there. And then also too, just, you know, don't stop shooting. If, even if you're all the way to the left and one pops up on the right, just keep going because you might be, might be at that 499 mark or something. And you catch one balloon, all of a sudden you get an extra life, even though you don't make it all the way over there to, uh, to get that balloon. So just don't stop shooting. Yeah. Cause I got that at 9990 and died. <laughs> so fun game. And uh, Sloopy also too. I I wasn't able to uh, to be on the game on challenge uh, uh, this last Thursday, but I was playing the the Thursday before when we first started it though. And uh, I did a nice interview with him. I thought it was all good questions, and uh, uh, Terry had a lot to say about his game. So it was a uh, it was a good interview to listen to. As you said, it's worth going back and listening. So. Oh, good. See, I'm not crazy. I do know what I'm talking about sometimes. <laughs> It's, it's a fun game. Any uh, input from your game playing, Marco or uh, Alan? Uh, it's difficult in the emulator with the mouse. <laughs> yeah, return, say? To, return to center. Whenever, uh, whenever you get one of the balloons on the edge go back into the center because you don't know if it's going to be that far, far one on the other side next. So yeah, keep raining arrows, of course, but try to stick to the center until you have to go out to one of the edges and then return back to the center. Just like ping pong, you never know which way the ball is going to come back at you. And Mikey's got three people over there right now and they're um, pointing and, you know, their hands are going. So it must yeah. be interesting. How many of you uh, used a uh, keyboard versus mouse or a joystick? I used keyboard, uh, but it's, it's digital control. So it wouldn't really make a big difference using a uh, original controller or a uh, mouse. From this view, it looks like Marco is just watching Mikey Furman on his stream. Three monitors. Yeah. So 
Is there any other questions or? Uh, well, it sounds like uh, from listening to the interview that uh, Terry does want to uh, find some time here and revisit some of his other programs. He mentioned uh, uh, wanting to revisit his uh, Defender. So maybe yeah. we have some maybe we have some games in the future coming down the pipe from him. Ooh. Yeah, that was my yeah. next question. If he's working on anything currently or, you know, mm. what's in his uh, Cocoa? Uh, yeah, he's he's not working on the um, on anything specifically Cocoa at the moment. He has, he's working on another project, um, but he wants to revisit the games he's made and see if he can do improvements with his larger skill set and is considering. Uh, finishing out a couple games that he had actually found the source code source code for, but hasn't found it. Um, basically all the details are in the, uh, the game one challenge stream uh, live. So he seems like a really nice guy. Is he? Yes, he is a very nice guy. I met him at uh, Coco fest. Yeah. So great guy. You should come to Coco fest and meet him too. And everyone else. <laughs> I was at the last one. Yeah. And and everyone there out in viewer land, you should come to Coco Fest. So. Well, do we have a new game for next week? Ah, that's what we're going to do next. So, everyone's been uh, surmising and guessing and wondering what the game for next week is. Everyone is uh, saying, ooh, they want this game or that game. Well, the thing is, is that Sloopy wants Neutroid. <laughs> I would love Neutroid, but uh, it's not ready yet. The, uh, the programmer's too busy sleeping while in front <laughs> of a certain uh, unnamed uh, show about the, com- about the Tandy Color computer. So we keep putting the programmer to sleep, which is delaying Neutroid. Got it. Right. So, but, and let's see here. What is the new game? Ooh, it's something on the dragon. Yes, we will be playing an exclusive dragon game this week that has not been converted to the to the uh, Coco yet. So let's see what the game is. It's Folly Farms Chicken Run. Chicken Run. <laughs> and is remember, and remember, people, it is illegal to copy this tape. So do not offer it for rent or hire. And if you remember correctly, this was uh, f- featured in the Dragon section from last week. And I tried it out, and it's a nice, satisfyingly playable game. So, you say it's for a, it's not been converted for the Coco. That is correct. It's only uh, it only has a version for the uh, for the Dragon. So, how are we going to play it? Well, most people play on emulators, so. And then you've also got the fact that this show is dedicated to the Tandy Color Computer and its hardware relatives, which the which the Dragon Thirty Two is one of them. And then you also have the Tano Dragon. Well, well, I guess so, we're just going to have to convert it. Um. Oh my God. Find the key map right on that. 
isn't there a way that from uh, from the Dragon Archive that you can click on games and it takes you to a website where you where you're doing an emulator that way? Correct. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Yes, that's doable also. And Xroar will emulate a dragon itself because it, here's it's Nick's real question. Dragon Wait, emulator. Are you going to make me have to touch an emulator? Because <laughs> no. he emulators. No, I'm going to make you go and pull your dragon out to play. <laughs> you do have Is a it dragon, right? Or joystick. I do. Uh, joystick. Well, it'll work then. We'll give it a try. Yeah, the joystick works the same on both. It's only if it's a keyboard only. This is where you get a problem. Just picking the level might oh. be a little interesting. Right, R through yeah. I. Well, the, what is the that? keys will work. A you just have I. to find which key yep. is mapped to the, you know, whatever the letters are, A there and I. Well, They're A not- will be mapped elsewhere. Oh. You just have to find it. You people. Maybe we can figure out when hitting the key thing, go find where those are in the code and map it to the other key set. Or pull out your dragon and play it on your dragon. So you're saying you're going to hunt and peck. Yep. Yep. That's what I'm going to do. And this is a chicken game. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Ron nailed it right up front. That's um, correct. So what was the other... What was the other game we played this week? Uh, That was... uh, Bingo Clone, the Mutant Warehouse. Yes, Mutant Warehouse. I mean, come on. This show is supposed to be about the Coco and the Dragon and the CP400 and all those other computers that... That Brian hey, we'll Wiesler has squirreled away in his uh, closet. Okay, well, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> so, How many dragons you got, Brian? What's that? How many, How many dragons? Many? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> run, Brian, run. More than one. <laughs> They're trying to nail you down to a number. <laughs> I got I guess if it's for the record, I guess to answer the question, I got a 32, a 64, and two Tanos. Mm. I have one co-dragon, and that's it. And when I play this game on the Game on Challenge Live, I will be playing the Co-Dragon. That'll be fun. More swear. Is it on the archive? It's what? Is it on the Coco archive to download it? No, it's on the... Um, World of Dragon archive. World probably. of Dragon archive. Oh, so, not right. Okay. I just had to figure out how to get it into my Co-Dragon. So, all right. Um, that's uh, the game on. Uh, we will be playing the uh, Chicken Run, Folly Farms Chicken Run for the next two weeks. And we have another week of the warehouse. Uh, um, y'all got me so flustered about trying to play on the Cocoa. Warehouse Mutants. Warehouse. Yeah. Warehouse Mutants are, yeah, uh, for another week. And I think that's all on for the Game On Challenge. Back to you, Mark. Okay. 
Uh, let's see. What's Mike up to? More chit chat. All right. Um, shall we get into game on news or would we rather do updates first? I'd rather have a cocktail. <laughs> we could we could do updates. Okay. I'm waiting uh, for the Brian Weasley show. He said cocktail because we just had that chicken game. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, where's the screen I'm looking for? Oh, down here. There we are. Hey, there's the right one. All right. So project updates. Uh, let's see, Ron, you're up first. Yep. Okay. Should I go right to it or are you going to play some? Um, I don't have anything to play, I don't think. Okay. Nothing I'll remember anyway. All right. Oh, oh, oh wait a minute. Yours, 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 yours. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. <laughs> Some junk on here. Um, <clears throat> geez, I, all of a sudden I'm stupid here. <laughs> I have nothing. Yeah, that looks like a granddaughter. Yeah, uh, he just wanted grandson. to get the grandkids out there. Grandson. Oh, sorry. Okay. So I got to get rid of stuff here. So <clears throat> what we have here is the MC10 playing this morning. Some. Um, Bingo, which is cool because it plays against uh, the computer, and um, and I win a lot. But you don't have to do anything; you just watch the thing. So it's kind of exciting that you don't have to push on those little tiny keys a lot, except to hit yes to play again. <laughs> anyway, so it's like an MC10 idle clicker. Yes, exactly. And then. Uh, <clears throat> I've been doing some high color stuff again. This is a dog in both uh, Coco VGA and uh, high color true image. And it uh, comes out pretty cool. A lot of color because this is a what? Color computer. That's right, folks. Here's a color computer with a lot of use that I found on eBay. It has uh, worn off the uh, battleship gray on the uh, lip of the computer here. Um, do you guys have one in your possession that looks similar to this? With where? Uh, not anymore. Not like that. Certainly doesn't show up much on a Coco 3, does it? Or a 2. I have one that's worn like that. Do you? Yep. Not that bad, but yeah, but it's pretty yeah. worn. I have one from a school that has some of that on there. And... um I don't know if back in the day they made a guard that you can add on here, um, but I have a computer that has a guard that um, double-sided tape sticks on this edge so that your, um, your palms up a little and it keeps the thing from wearing like that. But anyways, it's on um, eBay. If you click on it, you can look at the machine. I don't know if it's still there, but it's a little 
expensive. And then um, I've been playing around looking at uh, a lot of my uh, old floppies, and I bring up some sessions that I've done with CompuServe. And uh, for you people that haven't been on or didn't know what CompuServe was like, um, this is my number, and this is what the front end looked like when you first got on. And that's back in 87. It's pretty cool. Um, in this case, the um, the background's flipped. You know, I think it's because of uh, the program I'm using. Um, I use Examine on um, Jeff Francis's um, Disk Utility. Are you familiar with that on the Kogo 2? Any of you? No? Yes. No. Okay, then uh, <clears throat> these are screen prints of um, and some video of CDOS, which is in the uh, distro controller that gives you a real-time clock, a real-time clock, which we've had for years. Now, um, <clears throat> if you run this on a Coco 3, you have to do a uh, EXCC and put a number in to get it to recognize the electronics in it. And it does display it at the top corner if you hit clock on, like I did there. Was and um, CDOS, uh, Mike was using, Mikey was using on his uh, demo. Is that what he was using? That along Anyways, with Flex, right? Yeah, I have uh, four DOSs on this controller that you see here. And one of them is um, ADOS, which I, I programmed so that if you hit certain keys, like you can hit my name and Toledo, Ohio, where I lived at the time, and my CompuServe number. <laughs> so it's always preserved now forever on the chip. And unless some light gets in there and erases my EEPROM. But anyway, I uh, found a Coco Pro disc that I had, which has a catalog of uh, prices and stuff, the stuff they were selling. It was uh, like a store. And um, this is the disc, and it has uh, basically a, a, an online um, price uh, guide. You know, you, you uh, go on and log in and um, scroll through all the different uh, prices for all the different things. Like uh, in this case, it's a uh, it's the same controller I was just talking about for 130 bucks. Anyway, that's interesting. I got the um, in the file section. You can download the uh, floppy and look at it with uh, Telerator or um, this disk uh, program I use. This one, Disk Utility by Jeff Francis. It's it's an old program that I've used for years, and it has uh, examine. Um, you can see it over here, examine file. So if you put a, a text file in here, it'll uh, scroll up and hit the space bar and you can um, examine the file. This one here is a uh, for NASA. <clears throat> uh, is this the one? No. Oh, man, I haven't seen Spacelink in forever. Yeah, Spacelink. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I used to go there all the time. This is in May '92, so it's pretty cool. Um, 
Yeah, they had that up on the um, amateur repeater for a while, too. Did they? Yep. Where am I? I hit the wrong thing. And um, there's Space Link on uh, Wayback Machine, if you want to see what it looks like. And then um, I found another program I used to use all the time called Reverse. And if you hit Run Reverse, I put this up on the... Uh, my uh, file section too. It makes your screen look like uh, what you were looking at up, up there. Instead of this, you get this. And if you, um, and it's like a terminate stay ready program. It's in memory, I guess. And if you need, if you can remember these uh, addresses, you can call it back on if it gets erased, I guess, or something. Anyway, this, uh, I went to a, a site back in the day called um, Christian Free Forum. And this is what it was running on. I was real proud of being able to have it, you know. And it was uh, on M Mikey Term. Did I say it? And uh, pretty cool that it's got 41K free on a Cocoa 2. And uh, that's about it. I, here's my uh, dragon. And I have a bunch of these uh, dragon. It's like a newsletter or a dragon disc. And it has all hey, these changes. Yeah. I had, a, I had a question. I don't think you know the answer. Wasn't Mikey Term made by Rick Adams? Or was it somebody else? I think so. I think so. Uh, or was that Ricky Term? Definitely Ricky Term. I thought Mikey Term was also made by Rick Adams. Uh, I was running it fairly recently. Well, since I met you, every time I see this, I think of you first. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually thought you would wrote it. <laughs> no, he did DW term. Oh. Uh, this that is I did uh, do. Okay, <clears throat> go back to you, Ron. Yeah, this, this is an um, interesting little program where it asks you, every time you select something, it asks you if you want to go to the screen or to the printer. And... Um, I guess that's just the way the dragon did it back in the day. Anyway, it had some art on there, so I just printed that out. Thought it was cool. And then uh, this is my DS69B that I used back in the day, which I still have, which still works. And um, I had taken some pictures of my kid, and I just found this recently, so I thought it threw it up on my page but um you know if you if you're careful and you take your time you can make halfway decent pictures but you can also get a lot of garbage sometimes and i've gone through some pictures that i took that were just like what exactly did i take that picture of you know i could not understand what 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 i could possibly have taken a picture of but anyway that's about it. All the stuff uh, I've been doing uh, is, uh, if it's a file, it's up on my uh, file section here, which uh, has some software available for you to download. And it just goes on forever. So take a look at something you might want to see, download it, view it, enjoy it. And if you think of it, which would be cool for me. I don't care, you know, 
who am I? But if you if you ever get a chance to download something and it comes up on your machine and you think it looks nice or whatever, just shoot me a screen print of it. You know, put it up on Ron's Garage or put it on the Coco Group on Facebook. Okay. And for Coco Pie users, you have a lot of that stuff uh, hidden in there. So look up Ron's picks on the Coco Pie as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the. Every so often, I I take a bunch of my um, updated stuff, put it in a zip, and send it to um, Ron Klein, and he includes it in the package. So, <clears throat> like I say, I'm one of the few people in the uh, Coco group here that's uh, producing software almost every day. Yep, putting it on my site. So, um, the color computer color computer has someone who is making software a lot of the time. That's it for me. Bye. Mm. Thanks, Ron. The artistic touch. Looking on the archive, it looks like it was a Michael Ward that did Mikey term. Michael Ward. Oh, okay. So it is his name directly. Okay. Uh, Brian, do you have anything to show us today? Um, I guess kind of a follow-up thing I can share with you guys. Let me uh, get this out of the way here. Okay. Let's see. Ready? You know, if you're, are you, okay. Were you spotlighting me or no? No. Okay. Uh, Well, would you share changes the screen? Oh, I see. I'm sorry. That was my bad. Okay. Let's see here. There we go. Except for you do that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, okay here we go okay so a few weeks back here i'd uh, shown this keyboard that uh that i um uh, bought from this guy down in louisiana and uh the story was is that uh he was packing up some stuff and he didn't have room for everything and so he had started to disassemble some of the and he saved like the boards and things like that and i'd shared some of the boards that i had uh also got from him and this was the keyboard well recently <laughs> he posted something else and let me uh let me see if i can uh oh, wrong way wrong way we'll do this here let me back it up here there we go well he posted a case <laughs> let me get this kind of positioned here a little bit sorry about all the cords around so this happened to be the case. So he he didn't get rid of everything, but he did have the case. And you can see here, there's the frame that would have been for this right. keyboard because it had this insert that when you bought the when you bought the keyboard, the third party keyboard, the, the frame was there. Um, and it just so happened to be that the board that I had also bought from him was the one that goes in there. So, <laughs> and I had the transformer. So unfortunately I got all the individual pieces from them at different stages and I'm going to put it all back together. <laughs> so I just haven't had a wow. chance yet. So, so the kind of that. Have a stand on it. Had the stand on it. Yeah. So that it can fit into the, um, yeah, it's the, it's, it's the one that has the, uh, the Mark data one, right? Yep. Yeah. It has like, um, like two legs. Yep. So that I'll set right right in here then. What was kind of interesting though is uh the logo, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing this must have maybe been like a custom badge, maybe that he 
he made is it, or maybe if someone made that, I don't know. What's your guys' opinion on that? That I, is not from Tandy. I agree. Yeah, and all. it looked like something yeah. like someone went to a label company or something and uh, and I, made I that. But I thought he, they did a nice job with it, though. I wonder if he bought an aftermarket RAM kit. Right. Maybe they had I've a seen other one similar to that. Or, yeah, you, um, even like the uh, TDP 100. Okay. Hey, Brian. Yes. That, co- that cover uh, that covers up the uh, there's an LED hole, right? Correct. Underneath that. Okay, yep. that covers that up. Yep. So yeah, that's where like the little silver badge would have been. That would have been like 4K, 16K, 32. But there's a hole there. Correct. For an LED. And the badge, the original badge covered up the hole, right? Yep. Yeah, that was the video uh, connect light for the video text. Correct. Yep. (laughs) So So what is the board? Is it a D or an E or what? I mean, with a case Uh, that old, you would think it'd be a C or D. Yeah, I see here. It is a... Uh, this is an e board. E. Oh, okay. So anyway, I just thought it was kind of interesting that uh, I was fortunate enough to just in continuing to chat with him that uh, um, all the other pieces seemed to to line up and everything. So that was what, kind of what you don't have is the screws. I'll bet. Um, <laughs> I have three of the screws. <laughs> so, That's enough. So That's plenty. More than most of us to have. <laughs> right. So <laughs> two yeah, is so enough. I, so I do have a few of the screws, but yeah. So <laughs> do you have screws to hold down the um motherboard? What is uh, no, no, but I'll probably I'll, I'm gonna I'll probably locate something that'll work adequately enough for it. So at least get that back together. Um the other thing here I was gonna show move some things around. He uh, he said he goes. I have these I have these power supplies around here. He goes. Maybe you might want. He goes. If you if you uh, if you want the case, he goes. I'll I'll send you these. And uh, oops, I still haven't haven't taken taken this. Oh, he taped these up good. Sorry guys, got all the noise here. I don't think oh, we're. I'm here. gonna I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to get out the old scissors here and just do some good old cutting. Here we go. But he had some power supplies, and they looked like the ones that would have been like in the Tandy. Those are like the ones that would have been in like in the Tandy, like the 500, 501. Uh, yeah, the floppy drives, yes. Um, yeah, the fl- mm-hmm. floppy drives. I'm sorry, yes. I'm thinking the older um, 35 track drive. Okay. That's in power kind of scary. Power in go. Yep. Whoops, sorry. So I think there's actually two of them here that he had. And so he he kind of just threw those in, so it might be good for a project or something because I uh, just have to uh, probably get the right adapter, you know, to to tap in where the uh, the mains would have gone in. Well, right, uh, and the pinouts are pretty scary too. The grounds in the wrong place, and I mean, yeah, I, I would mean, check everything about those before I plugged them into anything. Right, because because <laughs> you'd have the uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think. Is this the? Yep. Okay. So here we go. This is, it's all kind of coming together here a little bit. Let me show you this other picture here then. Or not other picture, this other, uh, open up this other package. Transformer. Yep. This should be a transformer. Yep. Yep. So here's the other piece then. This, so with this gone. Uh-huh. That, the, that's the transformer. Exact, uh, I'll be able to confirm that with you in a second when I pull four screws off my floppy drive. So yeah, this would have came. Uh, they don't really line up, though. Or no, here we go. Here we go. Yep. They go one way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. 
So there we go. But why does the drive power look weird to me? Shouldn't it be like five volt ground, ground, 12 volt into the floppy, not 12 volt, 12 volt, five volt ground? <laughs> that one looks like. Right. Unless the color is just weird. That's that. And uh -huh. I think I got one, got one more here too. You know, I'm kind of jealous. You got stuff that you can try and see if it makes different colored and, smoke. And, <laughs> I've, and Brian, I've confirmed that is the power supply out of a uh, the original 3022 drive. Oh, okay. Because here we go right here. He's going to hold one up and show us. There it yep. Goes. Yep, there it is. And it's got that little the little uh, bracket underneath there to hold that connects up to the uh, – uh, of the board, and then that transform on the top here says FB201. Okay, sweet. Original so, stuff. I don't know how close you can get that there. Ish. So, yeah, I got uh, that. So, that is exactly what those came out of is uh, one of these, uh, one of those with the uh, old door. Okay, no, those Go. are pulls because they didn't work or because they did work. Sounds like his gig um, I, is they did work, right? He's I'm assuming they probably, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's probably no reason why these wouldn't work. I mean, there's not a whole lot of business going on here. Basically, you had a rectifier and some filtering. Just and then you got, your, you, got your, you got your couple of re regulators over here. So, I mean, it'd be safe to try it real easy. I mean, just uh, first, you know, hook up some, hook up 120 up to here, check the outputs of this before connecting it. And as long as this is putting out uh, the right voltage there, there's no reason why we wouldn't be getting our... Uh, right. Or five, uh, five, twelve, and uh, does it use a negative? No, it's just nope. uh, plus five and plus twelve. Okay. So I wonder why he would strip cases of that. You know, it's uh, like he said something about he was moving and didn't have the room, and so he was taking stuff out of the cases, but he wanted to save the parts for things, and uh, so I'm, I'm not sure about the whole story, but uh, hmm. you know, it could some... be the fairy story because there, it's pretty common on eBay to have people strip something in the hopes of getting more money. That's true too. Yep. Then for the device itself. And then also too, because uh, a couple other power related things here. And this might be the, I'm not sure if this is the multi-pack one or yep. if this was a, uh, that's a, that's a big multi-pack. Was this a multi-pack one? So this might've been yeah. what went, went into the multi-pack that I was showing you guys uh, the other day. So. So is the um, glass still contain a, a line going across without <laughs> oh. looking thing in there. Yeah. <laughs> it does appear to be incapacitated as well. What happened? <laughs> right. So so anyway, so I had some various parts that he kinda that he sent along uh when I when I picked up the case from him, so that was kind of nice. So yeah. Nice. Um and then another project that I'm not quite ready to to do a whole lot with, but I guess I just wanted to kind of share um with uh, with you guys here. Let me move some stuff out of the way here. Whoops, what's what's dropping here? There we go. Okay, let's see here. Let me see if I can't slide this in here. Um, so I picked this up here a while back here, and I've been uh, speaking to Alan about it. He's been very informative and sharing a lot with me. But uh, I got one of these animals. Oh, FPGA. No battery. It's not complete, is it? This one? Yep. This yeah. is a. Yep, this is all complete. Let me zoom in just a little bit here. 
Yeah, that's um, the Coco 3 FPGA with the analog board for joystick ports, Wi-Fi, real-time clock, stuff like that. Nice. Uh, I thought it was just that board, but there's a board under it. It, it, comes, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, there's two boards. Yeah, the generic DE1 Altera. Yep, so you have the yep, you have the Altera board, and then this board that's on top right here, this is the analog board, and um, Ed Snyder was producing them at one time. And this board here fits on top of the the, D, uh, the DE1 board. And as Alan was describing, uh, you have a real-time clock. It has a Wi-Fi connection. And then also you got your uh, left-right joystick. Ah. And VGA. Poco 3 FPGA. Those are nice for Nice. Yeah, Alan's been uh, giving me some information, some links and places that I can go read up and uh, um, start to kind of educate myself a little bit with it. I'd be happy to help you out, too. Okay. You have all those switches down below there. Yeah, they yeah they do various uh, various things there to uh, to um, to make it all work there. Let me uh, do this here. So when you press it on there, it's kind of hard to see here because it's just so it's bright Coco. with the camera. But it says Coco right here is what it spells yep. out on the LED right there. So um, and let me do this real quick here, and you guys can see the how clear it is. So they, uh, we're not there. You go. Nice. So the the switches do things like uh, it does have an MPI inside of it. Changes the uh, you can change the CPU speed. Uh, there's a, a graphical control. I think it has um, a scan doubler, so you can turn the scan doubler off if you want to see the scan lines. Um, and then there's a couple of controls for the uh, drive wire port as yeah. well. That's what that's what those that's. That's what those uh, those switches do. Yeah, Alan. Uh, Alan was playing with that a little bit here, and yeah. um, just explaining um, for the panel. Yep, yep. Alan was playing around with it, and uh, he was doing some of the drive wire stuff with it. And uh, so that's that's going to be my next step is to get uh, get that going. Well, you sure. know who to call for Pi Drive Wire, right? Um, yeah, there's somebody on the community that was doing that project. Mm, I knew who that guy I'll, is. I'll, 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 something, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> might be something. So, so yeah, this emulates the gimme. Didn't he write a terminal or Correct. something? He might. Yeah, he may. <laughs> did he write terminal? So <laughs> yeah, like that, yeah. <laughs> hey, I wrote SDC Commander. Try it. There okay, you go. sorry, Brian. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's I have all to show good. Show my so, own product. <sighs> but right, so uh, no, it does a it does it puts out a very nice output there, and um, so yeah, I look forward to, to playing with this more. So does it have an ST slot? It does. It does. Um, but it's not a Coco SDC. It uses correct. a different driver. But you get the same idea. It's that little silver box. Of, yeah, that yeah. one. Hey, we, it's we, a, non, um, a non-ejecting SD card slot. Just a simple one. You just slide it in and slide it out. It doesn't have the clicky on it. So a little bit oh, older style. So we have a question in the chat. Uh, the uh, plug-in board on the uh, FPGA does that uh, plug into an existing socket on the board, or does that require yes. extra cross connects? You you can see there's two rows of like sixty pins off uh -huh. off on the side. Pin headers on the right. Yeah, right. right there. Those actually connect to connectors that are built into the Altera DE1 board. It was designed to be expandable. Yeah. 
heavily expandable right up front. Oh, that's all the GPIO access. Yeah, because okay. because this is an FPGA development board, and they sold them for uh, education. So think like uh, think like a computer engineering class 101. Learn about FPGA programming. So they yeah. would use these boards in uh, typically in universities. So D1 they have they, is development and education, literally. Correct. So uh, those those pins uh, connect to pins on uh, directly connect to pins on the FPGA chip itself. And the idea, the original idea behind the DE1 is that you write your you write your FPGA program to, to configure you know what connects to them. In our case, it has the has the bus, the the bus connections that connect to this external board that Brian is showing us here. Um, it would be possible. Nobody has ever done this. It's an interesting idea, but it would be possible to uh, rewire that and make an adapter board. You could you could reconfigure this, and uh, you would have to do all the programming and all the hardware. Um, but it would be possible to make like a cartridge slot that connects in there instead. So you, just, you would just have a ribbon cable. It needs to have uh, level shifters, but that's about all that you need. And then you could probably plug that guy, plug it into an MPI. You, but again, Coco 3 FPGA does not do that today. But that's that's something that would be possible to do with this board if you reprogrammed it and created all the hardware. Are you talking about building an interface that would plug it here? Yes. Okay. An interface. Instead of this board, reconfigure those connectors so that they have the... Right, all of the bus signals are available inside of the FPGA. All of the adjust lines, all the data lines, the read-write line, the interrupt lines, all that stuff. Everything is available inside the FPGA. It would just be a matter of reconfiguring the wiring to that's probably something I could actually do. <laughs> I could actually figure out how to do that myself. Um, but the the, hard, the hardware part is not really my forte. So you would need an adapter board to go from three point three volts to five volts, and then some of the signals are you know data buses bidirectional, address buses you know etc cetera, etc. Cetera. <clears throat> Just a thought. Mm -hmm. So it's a Coco 3 with an MPI with stuff already in the MPI slots. So it includes an Orchestra 90 that comes out of a, a fairly nice audio chip that's on the, the main Altera board. Uh, the You can load the ROM into the flash RAM and actually have the Orchestra 90 ROM stuff uh, come up if you choose the switch combination that says you wanted to use the MPI slot one. Um, it has the, the floppy controller. It has uh, a really nice drive wire over serial, you know. So it, it's a whole cocoa setup in the one board that yeah, runs twenty five. runs at twelve or twenty five megahertz. <sighs> Play some of those games at twenty five megahertz. That'd be fun. You won't be playing the fun part is the audio becomes a squeal <laughs> i guess the one thing i have just starting to do some reading though but was anybody familiar with what the the black here on the top that uh that 16 pin was for yeah that's a gpio okay uh and 
it buried in the instructions somewhere. Uh, it says what address that GPIO is at. Okay. I don't remember off off the top. It's I know it's I know it's in the instructions somewhere. Yeah, it's down in the. Um, okay, but, I just haven't uh, I haven't read Ryan, the whole thing yet. Yes, sir. If you're go- if you're going to play with that, it's three point three volts, not five. Right. Those go directly into the FPGA. Just okay. just the warning. Okay, thank you. So are those okay. things still available anywhere? The y- yes, you can pick these up on eBay. Yeah, they're going for a hundred to three hundred dollars, depending. The DE one boards, because With there were so many of them sold the scores. Uh, when they get rid of them, they they usually go on you know they go on eBay. So I've gotten a couple of them. Now, this the, one here, the, a lot of bacon. They are the expansion. The expansion board is it's only been available twice. But out on the from a zipster, right? Um, but out on the uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Alan. Uh, the, the group IO, am I saying that right? Yeah, groups.io. Group. Yeah, yeah, group.io. Um, uh, the information needed to make one of these boards is out there. That's correct, but it's only been available for purchase from uh, Ed Snyder uh, two separate times ever. And it's it's usable without this. I and mean, without this, I mean, you can still yes. Because Alan, that's how you're operating yours. This just gives you like if you wanted to use real hardware, real joysticks on it, and things like that. Correct. And maybe someday we'll get the Wi-Fi module working. I I was working on that, but never finished it. But if you do pick one of these up, this one here happened to be already ready to go for Coco. But if not, you'd have to uh, uh, you'd have to, uh, to flash it. Is that the right word? To there, all the stuff needed yeah. to to plug into it is available in the PDF mm-hmm. and, and on the archive and on the groups IO part for the FPGA part specifically. Yep. So and there's two ways to do it. You plug a USB port in right next to the power port. And you use a, a piece of software that comes from the Altera group. There's either a command line programmer or they've got a big bench desktop GUI thing that you can run. But basically, you can send over a file that will only be used during the current boot. And then when you power off and power on, it resets to whatever's been stored. Or you can put the file over into the flash to be what gets used at, at every boot. So you can do test runs very easy by just sending over a test version of things and then let it revert when you power off, or you can flash it over via the uh, USB. So what happens is the FPGA chip basically resets to default when the power goes off, kind of like a ramp. And then when the Altera board boots, it's got an, uh, what they have, it's like, like EPCS, I think is the initials for it. They have this controller that goes through and very quickly dumps whatever it's got in its little flash RAM memory back into the FPGA. And that's what sets it up as a Coco 3 with the MPI or whatever else you manage to program it with. But that flash chip also has the places where you load the ROM images for things like the 32K Coco 3 ROM itself, the Orchestra 90 ROM, and they go in specific memory locations. And there's a little control panel where you pick what those are. And um, yep. it's, he's looking to get rid of it, but there's also a multi-ROM programming thing. The, the, the MPI slot three is like it has a flash card in that as well that you can put lots of Coco ROMs on. 
but I think he's going to discontinue that in the next version and um, use that space for more accurate Cocoa 3 emulation. But uh, it's really accurate with the, um, the 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 core that's there. It runs all the stuff that I've tried to run. There are a couple of things that doesn't that don't run right out of the box. But uh, all in all, it's you know it's a pretty solid Coco Three everything in, in, in a really nice package. And for uh, Nitrous Nine, the um, sixty. 309 version will not run. It simulates the 6809. 6809 only, yeah. But if you put the 6809 version of Nitrous 9 on there and crank that switch to 25 megahertz, believe me, it runs really, really nice. So it's a and cool you, you can also can, uh, can, um, load a different uh, ROM on it, and you can actually boot Nitrous 9 off of the SD card. You want fast? That thing is screaming fast. That actually makes a very, very nice software development system uh, for OS 9. And you put the SD card in it. It's so fast. And then you have a drive wire. You can also get files, uh, use drive wire to get files in and off, uh, on and off of it. It's really, really nice development system. That's what I tend to use mine for is do, if I want to develop on somewhat real hardware. What were you saying there, Alan, about uh, breadboard? Brett Gordon wrote a um, <clears throat> SD boot for this. That It's also usable as a general S, uh, SD card type booter for other stuff, too. But when you put the SD boot into this, it, it can load the whole Nitrous 9 right off the SD card. Uh, and it does go super, super fast. So that, that that's a pretty cool setup as well. But if you flip the switches a couple of different ways, you boot it up, it's a Coco 3 with uh, Disk Basic. You boot it up uh, another way and you can have HDB DOS come up or that you can boot it into the to, to Nitrous 9 directly. So yeah, it, it's a pretty flexible system. They've worked out a lot of really cool stuff for it. So what's the battery do? That's for the real-time clock. Oh, that's it. No need for any other settings or anything to be stored. Nope. And uh, the, you can access that real-time clock from Nitrous 9. Oh, yeah. So I was kind of, I just happened to stumble on this on, on eBay. It was all packaged already together and uh, it didn't have the power adapter. So I had to pick up that. It's a uh, 7.5 volts. Uh, DC, so I picked up a power adapter, and when I plugged it in, it was it was already ready to go. So this was obviously like a, a came from a previous Cocoa owner um, who was using it, or um, not sure why it was out there available, but I just happened to see it, and uh, uh, the, the the price was right for it. So so I was kind of happy to add that to to my group of toys, Cocoa toys to play with. So. And this little adapter that I have here does a really nice job. If anybody's kind of curious, if you have any VGA, this, uh, this little guy here does a really nice job of uh, taking the VGA and giving me a HDMI output. That's what you saw. So that was uh, nice. But uh, if anybody else has any questions or anything else you want to see on it, let me know. But uh, yeah, I'm going to continue to play with it more. Are um, those chips proprietary and not able to be gotten anymore, the Altera or whatever it is. 
Well, the Otero is a, is a, is a separate board. This was, as Mikey was talking about and Alan were talking about, um, the, these were built for educational purposes. And then, um, and then they went and created the, uh, uh, the, uh, the software needed to make it emulate the Coco three on here. Yeah, this, this, Gary this, 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 that was Gary Becker. What Barry, yeah, Becker did. And then, and then I don't know, did, uh, well, did, um, I think did, we're did, analog did, board and then Ed, um, you know, cleaned it up and made it a kind of a bulletproof kind of guy. Okay. Right, but good. I think, I think what Ron's getting at is the Altera DE1 board is to sell Altera logic chips, which is yeah. what is used in the Coco 3 FPGA. However, because disturbing people like GM and Ford and those little punks want all the Altera chips, we don't have any. And that's caused a lot of, production delays so is the fpga going to be available soon for its specific well, not this one because this is a, a very older generation of them this is the cyclone 2 and they haven't uh intel hasn't produced those in years not coming in yeah they're up to like cyclone year. 5 i think it's the last ones i've seen right so but, yeah i think even cyclone 4 has been discontinued so this is an orphan it is now. Yes, it, it, it had its time and it's moved on. And um, good retro folks that we are have, of course, found a, a fairly appropriate long term retirement use for these. And <laughs> it's just like a cousin to what would be known as the Mister, which is the uh, I think a DE10 Nano or something like that. And uh, there is a variation of the build for the Altera DE2. And the DE2-115. So there's a couple of different options. If you get into the Groups I.O. group for the Coco 3 FPGA, the DE1 is not the only board that this setup works with. It was just the default or the, the main one. And then um, there's another FPGA um, Coco system uh, called Mr. Coco that you can build that uses um, Roger Taylor's core. Right. I was going to mention him. So this was originally based on the John Kent uh, core from uh, Australia and is being updated with a more cycle accurate core in the next version, which is available for testing. So what year is this, do you think? Uh, well, these are like 2012, somewhere in there, yeah, 2012 to 2014, 2011. Now, did they ever make a, they made a case Did I know that that's in a plastic thing, but. <clears throat> Did they ever make a case that looks Coco-ish with a keyboard or anything like they no, do with the, but the Coco? I, uh, I wouldn't personally. I kind of like it just with all because you need to access the switches and the buttons all do things. Uh, mine boots up with the three Muggeteers by default. And you can hit the reset and go back to the three Muggeteers anytime you want, things like that. So you do have to access all the stuff and putting it into into a more closed case would actually make it a little less convenient. So this uses Coco joysticks, for example. Huh? huh? This uses Coco joysticks. Yep. If you have the analog board on the top there, then yes, you can plug in Coco joysticks and all six pins work. It's pretty cool. And the audio out works just fine. So you can hear all your Coco music and uh, stuff there. It, like I said, it emulates the Orchestra 90. Um, and so you can play all the Orc 90 stuff in stereo out of it. So it's a really well thought out package. Cool. 
I, it, after getting one and playing with it for a little bit, I was really kind of surprised that they weren't more widely out there. It seems like they're they're not fairly widely out there. And I yeah, I just I can't quite comprehend why that would be, other than maybe price or just because it's FPGA and it's kind of weird. I, I'm having to learn the FPGA stuff. Brian's uh, going to be learning it as well because you got to go through the how to program it and how to get the ROMs in the right flash place and stuff like that. If you really want to, uh, you know, be able to upgrade it and things, you need that, those to to develop those skills at least once. But uh, this has been my excuse to actually start getting into the FPGA bits that I've been kind of curious about for many years. So and, that little know, header next to the Coco logo there is uh, the where you would program port right there, or do you go through the? It's um, you plug in a material. USB cord and and program it from um, to program what's what emulation and ROMs and stuff to use. You plug it through a USB and program it from a PC. Oh. The switches next to where it's got the word Coco lit up. All those switches are options. And that's where you pick your MPI slot and what speed you want the CPU to go and things like that. Okay. Because the right here, Ron, this 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 connector right here, this is a PS2 connector, and so this uses a PS2 keyboard mm-hmm. for uh, so when you're actually using it and typing it, you're using a PS2 keyboard. Okay. That maps things back and forth the way you would hope. So the quote is the quote. Yeah, rather shift, than shift to. two. Yeah. I mean, you just use the PC quote and get a quote rather than shift to whatever else is there. Yeah. I tell you what, though, you know, if you wanted to stay away from an emulator and you wanted to use something about as close to real hardware, this comes pretty close. And you compare the price of these boards to what Coco 3s are going for on eBay these days. It's it's kind of an affordable option, too. (laughs) Yeah, but that's like 175, isn't it? Uh, on eBay, one. on eBay, they're they're starting out at about one hundred and fifty on the low end, and actually one hundred. There I just you go. Up today, in fact, there's one up for seventy five dollars right now, plus twenty dollars shipping. But it's you complete. You don't have to buy the no. extra. Well, just the E one. This is going to be just just this board that's on the bottom. This board that you see on top right here, that was a separate add-on board that was that was developed afterwards specifically uh, for the turn Coco. it sideways because it doesn't even look like it's a board. Oh. Oh, okay. So you're not going to oh. get that top board, huh? No, you're going to get just oh, you're going to get you're going to get just uh, oops, you're going to get just this board right here. What's plugged in on top right here was the add-on board that uh, that Ed Snyder was making oh, for okay. manufacturing. So Ed Snyder didn't make the bottom board either. No, no that 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 was something that was built specifically for educational purposes. For people to learn about FPGAs. Oh, and so that's like, that. like the um, Coco Pie. The Pie part is the. You could think of it that way, board. in a sense. In a yeah, sense. Very okay. All right. Got anything else, Brian? Nope. That's all I got. Okay. Uh, let's see. Rick, do you have anything? Yeah, I thought I'd uh, toss this up here. Um, let me find the right page. I don't like this on. new pointer that Zoom has come up with now. God, makes it hard to click on stuff. So in any case, since uh, I'm finally getting back to the stuff that I was doing before the Cocoa Fest and the inevitable 
summer rush to make enough money to live on. And so uh, this this week I've been soldering unicorns, and I think I've completed two of them. Here are Coco IOs with the serial port installed, and uh, so I'm going to be getting into some people that want to deal with them. Yeah, look, two connectors, not just one. That's why it wasn't called Coco Net or something like that. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> and I want to show you my masterful soldering. There's no way you can tell this wasn't placed by a laser accurate machine, right? She's just <laughs> as close as she can be all the way around. And uh, it tests good, right? It tests good. You'll notice they don't actually short, they're just kind of a little bit off. <laughs> But yeah, thanks to my nifty new microscope. So, are you basically proud of this? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, it works. I'm I'm proud of finally getting one to work because uh, the, these chips were supposed to all be placed by the PCB manufacturer. It's not my job to be putting this little teeny tiny chip with 48 pins on these little tiny squares. Um, that, you know, that almost looks like mine. <laughs> right. So, so, uh, so Rick, you, I know you've been working on these boards for a while. Um, is there any magic to making any of it work? Does the serial just work um, uh, as you would expect a serial port to work? And but is there isn't there software that has to be created to get the the network card to work? If you're going to, it's, it's it's actually the other way around. Okay, you need a pretty sophisticated OS nine driver to make the five fifty port work. This is related to the 550 port that's in Ed Snyder's MPI. Um, so I think Deke is working on a driver. In fact, I'm trying to get him one of these cards with my chip in so I can, you know, kind of get in on that gravy train there. So his driver will work on my hardware as well. Uh, where the serial port, I'm actually, I wrote the www web browser that I did is just poking single bytes from basic into the chip and it runs well enough to, get web pages. It's, you know, obviously it'd be much nicer if you wrote a machine language gung-ho driver. But uh, in any case, um, we got that gone and the, the Orc 180 I'm picking up again. I've got the a couple of technical problems solved. So I don't have any pretty pictures of things, but a lot of stuff is moving again. So I just wanted to say, hey, look, I'm building stuff. That's uh, awesome. Are you running out of spectacular um, cases? <laughs> oh, right. Uh, no, I'm three D. I'm three D printing my own. Oh, okay. So I don't even. I don't even mention with that anymore. Because <laughs> okay. you know, hey, I'm like the party. And... I saw. I saw serial parts. Yeah. See. <laughs> Yay! All the stuff. So we'll see. I've only got a dozen of the sixteen five fifties, and I that might only result in a half a dozen working ports because of my. Master so, soldering skills. So if we, were, if we were to buy one from you, we'd have to wait before it actually would be able to work. Well, no, it's it, everything. Well, the, the the network port works now, and that's the only version that I'm selling. The serial port was supposed to be the thing that sold the card. So when I first introduced it, I'd have the old 16550 serial driver for OS 9, and that would be the thing that people bought the card for until we got the network card going. Well, that didn't work, obviously, because... COVID came along and blew up the 550s forever. Uh, but, you know, life is hey, as it uh, is. Rick, uh, are you, this is uh, Mikey. Are you, um, uh, you have new, the new gals? 
Yes, it seems to work on mine. So one of the things that I want to get this to Deke is to see if it works on his because his cocoa doesn't like. Would you? The, would the you like? Nanosecond. Would you like? Uh, I have a chip puller. Would you like to send me some gals to try out? I would. I would like to get back to working on the card. Oh yeah, if you still have one, I will certainly send you one of the seventy nanoseconds. I have. I think. You sent. You sent. I bought one, and you sent me a couple more cards. So uh, I just need the gal. Is is that right? Are there any other board yes, changes? Yes. No, that's it. So let me let me uh, send you. One. Okay, I'll and, send you a note uh, offline. Let's Thank see if you, it Rick. Helps. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah, hopefully so, this thing's moving again. And uh, so one one day you're going to have a demo of this thing, right? And you're going to show us how you surf the internet with it or something? Well, you can you can do that now. I've even got some videos up somewhere. Unfortunately, I don't have a YouTube channel yet, so they're on the Discord to get to them. Uh, well, post them up. I'll, I'll post them up somewhere. Yeah, I, I've actually got the account. I just haven't done anything with it yet. So, yeah, let me get off my butt and do that. Oh, and one other comment. Here's the good side of the slow clock that our Cocoa has. This yellow wire is the Q clock. The white wire is DO. There is no way you're going to run a clock and a data wire this far off of a PC and do anything with it. Uh, that's a clock line. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, I think that's an antenna, not a clock line. <laughs> well, it's an antenna as well, but it will still operate. It's, it's a delay line. At the end it's of a delay the line. line. Well, not that much. Only two megahertz. So we got 150 Jeez. nanoseconds to drift. Yeah, but you'd be able to pick that up on a radio across the street. It's <laughs> fine. They won't know what it is. They don't understand okay. ASCII there. <laughs> so anyway. <sighs> All right. Um, news? Why, yes. We have news. Okay. We have a little news. Um, okay. They are going to close the VCF consignments at 2.30. So if we want to see that, I, I don't want to uh, interrupt. But Not okay, a whole what? lot of news. There's like five uh, game on and seven of the regular and no uh, MC10 or Dragon. So pretty All short. Right. I'm pretty much ready to go portable, so. Eh, give us a half hour and we should be done with this. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. When you want the latest in TRS-80, Tandy, Dragon, MC-10, and all of their hardware cousins, no matter what it takes, or where news breaks, from around the world to your nation. The Coco Nation News with L. Curtis Boyle. Today's special guest presenter, Mark Overholzer. And ready for you, Mark. Sure. Let me share my uh, screen here and make sure I got the audio. Uh, let's see, share sound, no optimize for video because that doesn't work well. Where is my window? I got too many windows open. That's my problem. Okay, I think it's this one here I have set up. Okay, I should see a DuckDuckGo search page, I'm hoping. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. Click on the first tab, and uh, this is our first story, I believe. We have uh, TRS-80 Retro Programming. That looked okay. 
Okie dokie. So, uh, game on news here. So, Kiara Sadie Retro Programming has a little bit longer walkthrough of his kitchen scene in his game called Tales of Suburbia. Uh, and it's extended basic game, and we've been following his channel for a couple of years now. Um, I guess I'll play for a few seconds of it, but of course we want you to go to his page and uh, take a look at his videos, and of course subscribe and like because you know that's how we get our uh, so we get our kudos here. So I'll play the first few seconds. Um, hi, welcome How's back. The audio? Um, it's been a while since I uh, made a, a video. Um. The other previous videos that I did was, uh, you know, no commentary, and I was starting to go over the kitchen, and, uh, and we're in the living room, and uh, everybody's already seen this, so now we're able to go through this door here, and we get into the kitchen, which is fully done now. Um, I'm gonna fully disable XROAR's sound capabilities. Because so this is uh, what, like P mode four, I think. The four colors and resolution. P mode three. Okay. P mode three. Okay. Not Am good. Am I the only one that thinks this looks like the bunker next to a missile? Yeah, it is. It does, doesn't it? But I smell chicken. Hmm. Well, anyway, don't want to spend a lot of time, but uh, I think he's been doing a really good job. I've been paying attention to his series. I like a lot of his more technical stuff, but the series stuff is interesting too, and working on his game. So, anyway, uh, any questions or comments? Uh, moving along. No comments. That's fine by me. Okay. Coming up next, uh, Inafuto is, has a new game out called Hopman. And of course, this is multi-platform uh, targeting a lot of different systems, including MSX and uh, PC-8001. And just hold down here, see if we can find the Dragon or Color Computer version. Looks like he's got an awful lot of them all ready to go. There's ZX Spectrum, FM7. Oh, there we go, TRS-80 Color Computer. Looks like oh, the other to a Coco 3 version also. Well, let's take a look at this one first. Little short video I see, only a minute, a little bit. Funny to think that uh, this type of game was being targeted to multiple systems, but this would have been a decent game back in 1985 for people to buy the action. In the Let's try the Color Computers free version. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, for a little bit about colors. Anyway, comments. Glad to see he's still going further with those. That engine just keeps going. Yeah, I'm just, it's amazing to see. Uh, I'm sure he's got the same base code for everything. It's all targeted different systems. Like, very impressive. Okay, moving along. Uh, Expertech, which I haven't heard of before, has released another Spanish Coco game playing video on Amber Monitor. Uh, this one's time it's Moon Shuttle. So, Spanish Auto Generated. Okay. Veamos que otra sorpresa tiene ahora este disquete. Guess I should select like English for those, so it's those here. Carro lunar, si no me equivoco. Maybe. Veamos. One moment here, so if I can find English. I'll translate. There we go. I can do this very often. Uh, that's not what I wanted. They still make it. Okay, I guess I don't know how to turn on these. We get Spanish to Arabic. That's what we get. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. Let's see what the game looks like. Sounds like it has a real uh, floppy disk. Una presentación espectacular. That's actually nice looking graphics. Los desarrolladores pasaban. También se comenzaban a mover y pasaban mucho más rápido. I'm fairly new to the Coco. Does anybody else remember this game from way back when? We did it on the Game on Challenge. Did we? All right. Too many of them to remember. Hey, look. Mikey's Vlog 17 at VCF West. Okay. We'll get to that later. Probably next week. Ah. Well, I'm going to move on here. Uh, our very own Ken of Canadian Retro Things has a gameplay video, it looks like. He is comparing uh, basically protectors too. Uh, it's the Coco 1 2 version versus the C64, whatever that is. Hey there, I'm Ken. This is Canadian Retro Things. Welcome. Today, I'm looking at one game on two computers. The game I'll be looking at is. Protector 2. 
This game was originally released by Synapse Software for the Atari 8-bit family in 1982. We're going to look at two ports of this game released in 1983. We'll look at the C64 version programmed by Ken Rose and the Coco version programmed by Robert Black. First, we have to look at the instruction book. The instruction book that I have here is actually for the Atari 400 or 800 version. However, the game is the same across all versions, so the instruction book should be pretty much the same other than uh, different loading instructions and um, stuff like that. Just the uh, differences between the computers. And everything. And of course, this instruction book does not disappoint when it comes to a backstory for this game. In this one, it reads, You are the last hope. The alien slime lords of Fraculus are attacking your cities. One by one, the inhabitants are being exterminated by the invincible Fraxalan mothership. It moves relentlessly, drawing up the helpless natives and... What script is he reading from? Anyway, <laughs> do we want to see the side-by-side -side here at all? Uh, it looks like it goes back and forth between the two versions. Well, anyway, eh, we'll skip ahead. To pick up each of the people that are on the ground and buildings and transport them to the next city during an alien invasion. This is very much in the style of Defender. You even have an enemy ship that picks up your people, although rather than turning them into alien ships, it drops them in a volcano. Now we'll switch over to the C64 version. Once all of the people have been evacuated from the first city, or killed, you must move them again. This time you have to take them to an underground bunker. If you have not moved all the people from the first city, the bunker will have a force field over it, making it inaccessible. All the while you have to avoid enemy ships, missiles fired from the surface, and even an erupting volcano. Well, good old Ken. It's nice side by side. Again, uh, please uh, subscribe to his channel. He's got uh, wow, he's got 1.12k subscribers now. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe and like. Comments, anyone? Well, moving on then. You're all very quiet, by the way. And Jim Gary, of course, has his uh, I think required in his contract of having a new game every week, at least one. Uh, this appears to be uh, some porting. Uh, to the Coco, Fox and Geese, originally from Marshall Cavendish's Input Magazine, 1984. Anyway, some simple AI techniques using a high-res generator. Playboard looks a lot like checkers or chess. And uh, let's take a look at this and see what we get. Yep, that'd be basic. So it's called Fox and Geese. I think it's like a checker chess game. Well, style, but not the same. Okay. 
I want the human to play the fox. Right. <laughs> oh, I see. You can do the the I guess two player. Yeah, it must be. Nice. Interesting. It's a turn-taking game, obviously, on a checkerboard, but I think the geese are being stalked. Skipping ahead here. I think the geese are going to lose, though, no matter what. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I guess you have to get your geese across the other side before the fox gets down. Anyway, this is available on his... Uh, oops, I don't want that. Sorry, I got the controls here popping up for Zoom, which I don't want. So I'm trying to click on another tab here, but I'm having darndest time. How do you get rid of the control menu here? I'm trying to make this thing go away. Uh, I don't think we see the control menu. Well, I'm, the thing is it's taking control and I can't click on the web browser anymore. So I got to go away. Okay, so anyway, source code is available here on his uh, uh, web page at his... Uh, Day job, which he uh, teaches at his institution. Okay, and let's see. That's all on the Game On news. Um, well, five stories today. Okay, so general news. Um, so we are still have on the schedule for August 12th, which is in uh, a couple weeks, I believe. Uh, no, I guess it's next <laughs> week. Um, Matt Harper, uh, the developer of Wizards Den, Wizards Den, which was sold by Tom Mix, is supposed to be our guest and haven't seen a cancellation, so plan on him being here. Uh, and then coming up on uh, oh, the, our interview with Doug Maston has been pushed back, unfortunately, uh, but we will have him on along with Glenn Dahlgren at some point here in the future. And on September 9th, about a month out, we're going to have Mark P. and Charlie from Porta Coco. You saw them at Coco Fest. You will have uh, seen their portable... Uh, and wireless video Coco 3. And we'll have them on talking about their stuff. Anyway, moving on. Uh, in regular Coco news, uh, Tandycom on YouTube has released a video showing him running a 1983 BBS program on the JavaScript Mocha online Coco 2 emulator. And we have a video for that. Let's see what we get here. Hello. We're about halfway through the news. 
maybe a little yeah. less. Um, Flex, Flex is an operating system that came out of the late 1970s uh-huh. for uh, Motorola 6800 machines. And- bringing back the memories of days ago before the internet was everywhere. Anyway, it looks like CandyCom could use a few uh, subscribers uh, and some likes as well. Anyway. Pretty cool to so, Mocha as well. Yeah. It actually seems to be pretty responsive. It's actually a really good emulator that's been around for a long time. Just you don't hear about it often. And overshadowed by other stuff, I guess. Anyway, I don't have a link for Mocha, but we should probably find one, post at some point. Comments, anyone? Yeah, I've got the link to Mocha. I'll put it up in the Discord. Uh, Thank you much. You might post it on the live stream, too. Anyway, moving on to the next video, looks like TRS-80 Retro Programming has another video on uh, color animation for the Coco 1 and 2. Got two videos, it looks like. So let's hit this one, see what we get here. It's less than a minute. Kind of cool cycling the colors. He also has another video on the get put buffers. Fast get put test. Hi, welcome back. A longer video. Today I want to run a test because uh, let's get forward. It's forty-six minutes. So. Um, the shape need thirty-six um, bits of information here, and it fits in a small dimension. Six-six. 6-6 six, six, um, covers this entire, you can squeeze all of this into 6-6, six, six. all right? And I suppose I'm doing this right, but now it's working. So, guys, I... Well, that'll definitely take some time to unpack, so, but... Uh... Okay, so I'm not going to go any more of that, but uh, if you're interested in uh, fast get-put buffers, this is probably a good thing. I should probably review it myself for uh, basic programming, so 
I'll just leave that there. And again, he's got a bunch of subscribers, but he could use a few more. So if you can, please subscribe. Comments, anyone? Just assume we're all taking a nap. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Coco Town, our friend Coco Town. Uh, he's got a new video up. Uh, this is on RAM vectors. Um, oh, this is with his uh, T1VDG. Uh, so this is uh, almost 20 minutes, but we'll play a little bit here at the beginning. Hello and welcome. On this video, I talked about this poke, which I learned about from this blog, link in the description, which has the magical effect of sticking. I call it the sticky poke, because after you use it, you can then poke the VDG to whatever display mode you want, and it will stick there. It won't snap back every time you go back to the text stream or you start typing or anything. So in that video, I said, I need to make a video to talk about how this works. And in an upcoming video, I will talk about how that works. This is that video where I talk about how it works. Let's find out. <laughs> Jumping ahead. And I went and I changed it directly. So it would always ensure that the start address is what I wanted rather than what it wanted. And then more recently, when I was checking to see whether my Coco 2 has the T1 chip for the video display generator, I used a much simpler poke that would prevent the snapback and it would let me directly do whatever I wanted to the VDG by poking into the VDG addresses and ensure it would never snap back. So this video is about that poke that ensures that we won't snap back. How did that poke work? And was that poke related to the stuff that I did a while back when I ensured that the start address? I'll tell you, this is all new info for me because what I've heard about the T1 is that you can poke it so you get the lowercase, but then when it, the moment you do any output again, it resets. But it's nice to hear that you can actually lock it down so that it stays. That means it'd be very practical to uh, uh, implement lowercase on the T1 Coco 2s in your own applications. Hi. Any comments otherwise? Well. Okay, moving right along. Uh, yet another retro channel, Yark, has a video. Um, this is a new one we just started covering. Uh, it's, a, it's only got 513 subscribers so far. Um, but anyway, this is using something called a TZX Duino, which I assume is a microcontroller board of some sort. Hello, and welcome to a special bonus content episode of yet another retro channel. Oh man, the move right up front. <laughs> Good taste in villains, eh? Todd Horse. Oh, it. The reason you see the Coco 3 on the desk today is that uh, I got to reading. The documentation for the Max Duino software. And there'd be something else I on his desk? Installed on the TZX Duino I recently built. And I noticed in the list of supported file formats, not only does it support file formats that work for a lot of British micros, uh, the MSX, but it also includes the Dragon and the Coco by Tandy, uh, the color computer by Tandy. And of course, oh, being good. that I love the color computer, uh, I just had to take a look at that. 
and see what it could do. So I hooked everything up. Um, now the Color Computer 3 has a, the Color Computer line, uh, the 1, 2, and 3, have a proprietary well, DIN jack for the cassette input. And it just so happens that I do have one of the uh, original cables. So I hooked that up and I set up the uh, TZX Duino. And we start the computer here. It turns out in my testing that uh, I've loaded a bunch of cassette files um, on this. And it turns out they're actually more reliable, it would seem, than loading software onto the Spectrum or the uh, Amstrad CPC. Everything I've tried to load has loaded successfully. So I have uh, queued up Super Pitfall. Uh, which was a Tandy release for the Coco 3 only. And I will go ahead and load that. Now, one thing the files don't usually tell you is whether you have uh, a basic program to load or a machine language program. Uh, some of these files will have a basic program that's a loader, and then that'll continue to load uh, the rest of the game once you've run that. I don't remember if Super Pitfall is one of those or not. But uh, this will use the motor control, so. It's kind of cool looking. It's like a uh, digital replacement for like a cassette player. And it uses, so it's like a, what, Arduino Nano for the brain. And it's got a little display. It'd be kind of slick, actually. Motor control is on. Um, I have it set to uh, 3850 baud, but uh, it doesn't seem to matter which baud rate I set. It still takes the same amount of time to load, so. I'm assuming there's something in the file that's forcing it to the 1500 baud that the Coco uses. So I'll go ahead and hit play and you'll see it'll go into paused mode, which it has done. And then when I actually start loading the program, it will play. Now I'm going to try the basic version first. Um, on the Coco, you have two load commands. CLOAD will load a basic program. CLOADM will load a machine language program. So we're going to just use okay. Claude, and hopefully this is has a basic loader. I think it does. Pipe mismatcher! I hit enter, <laughs> and the TZX Duino starts playing. Recognizes Pitfall, and it is loading as a basic program, so it'll stop here, and then I will run the basic program it, as you see, the TZX Duino has gone back into paused mode on its own. When I run the program, it'll go back to playing, and it will continue to load the game. I'm going to go ahead and zip through this for you, because I think this takes about four minutes. Yeah. Okay, that sounds uh, pretty interesting. So he says it does motor on, motor off, so it would do those door set educational and all those other funky things that you can't normally do. Yeah, if you had to wave it, wave okay. it. And four minutes later, as I thought, we have the game Super Pitfall. Um, it's asking me if I have an RGB monitor, and since I am using the RGB to HDMI, we'll say yes. And here is Super Pitfall. Now, okay, <clears throat> I think it looks pretty cool. That'd be cool to get one. I predict Mr. Dave will not be buying one of these. <laughs> <laughs> nor anybody else that has a hatred of cassettes. 
but still they're handy to have. I mean, uh, chances are it works fine with little ZX81. So it'd be a cool thing to have. So I think it's fun. We, we got a confirmation. Our tape interface is better than the acorn and the ZX because it's more reliable on this thing. Yeah, that's definitely a positive. So, <laughs> okay, moving along. We've got three more stories left. Uh, oh, brother, YouTube released a video that they did on Twitch using a real Coco 2 with cassette. And I haven't heard of this channel. This should be somebody else we should subscribe to. Might as well do that right now since I'm here. Let's hear what he has to say. I should probably turn the volume down a little bit. Make me smaller. Like that. That is kind of what I was looking for. Most intense jail doors I've ever seen. That's what I usually see. <laughs> For every dot, I see every that. character, but not every dot. That's the computer. <laughs> it's old, and it runs programs that you save on cassette tapes onto a cassette drive that plugs into the computer. And uh, we'll see what that sounds like. It sounds uh, as bad as you expect it to sound. Yeah, that's what data sounds like. Doesn't it sound? Sound of data. Mm -hmm. Audio on, C-load. The header on it. Okay, run through the beginning of the tape. Searching, searching, searching. The tape drive is still searching. That. Yeah, this one was big. Um, and if I remember correctly, I can do like list zero to 50. So this is supposed to be a uh, physics simulation. Uh, I'm very glad I did, um, as you can see here, add comments at the beginning that tells me what the program does. So, so let's run it. Let's see what it does. Yeah, it's a bad boy. Load cassette file. Hey, what we bought computers for, do math instead of having to know all that stuff. Oh, maybe that was just me. First node, <laughs> passive or driven, where I'm not going into too much uh, detail here because driven and just roll with it. I've got one node, make another node. Yes, 100 seconds. So that's a thousand iterations. And so these, this, <laughs> so here we go. Welcome to the color part of the color computer. This is, yeah, it is actually. So that's kind of cool. So, okay, so I'm trying to work on data. Yeah. So it'll run line 10 first, and it says save to the data register the number 10, number 101, number 1001. Okay. Now I have another command after it that says save to the data register 20. Huh. Oh, well. I was trying to re Havoc physics engine on a Cocoa. Nice. Yeah, obviously it's been around for a while too. It's, uh, somebody wrote this years ago, probably as a maybe a project graduate student or just trying to solve some equations for class. And as you can see, uh, oh brother is actually a pretty young gentleman, so this might all be new to him. Now, any other comments? Nope. All asleep still. Excellent. Yep. Uh, Bill Sexton has a uh, posted a photo of his Color Computer 3 analog RGB output to a Atari SDRGB monitor. And this is, of course, Facebook, for those of you that are not familiar with the uh, format. Yeah, look at that anyway. demo. <clears throat> Actually looks pretty nice.
And somebody asked how to do mod it. And so we got the pinouts for both made of cable. Oh, nice. That's color computer three, of course. So <clears throat> obviously the Atari monitor handles uh, the digital RGB just fine. RGBA is RGBA. Who knew? Oh, yes, it's analog. <laughs> yep. Yep. A glimpse well, of somebody starting to yell about modding a monitor unnastily unnast- and blah blah. And he's like, making a cable is not modding. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of people forget how similar and compatible technology is back in the day. You know, it's like, oh, okay. He was just asking, how did you mod it? Nice. Yeah. I don't know. It was Facebook. I was kind of worried that somebody might be like, you're having fun. Stop it. Right. That's <clears throat> Facebook. You're not supposed to have fun. You're supposed to buy things. Okay. And our last story. There's no NC10 or Dragon uh, news today this week. Uh, the Coco Crew has released a interview with uh, Colin Stearman, which the name is familiar, but I don't know what he did exactly. Oh, Rainbow Story is called Cooking with the Coco. Cooking with Coco. Technical upgrades, just basic and other stuff. Anyway, I guess Boise is the uh, lead on this, and uh, they just brought this out. Looks like it's about a half hour. And uh, anyway, this would be worth hearing, I'm sure. So anyway, and that's all the news we have this week. And uh, Oh, good. So as promised, Coco Crew can continue on and may as they feel. Awesome. Excellent. Always need more. Right. I hope they keep pulling stuff to the art explorers. That would be nice. Yep. So uh, back to you, Mark B in the studio. Okay. Let me hit the stop share button. There we go. All right. So next up, Mikey and Shaky Cam. Hello, hello. I'm here. I'm looking at stuff. Okay. Ooh. So this this room here is actually a uh, private uh, consignment. This is not the VCF consignment. The guy in the coat over there, this is his stuff. All this whole room is his stuff. Including his wonderful hard drives, eight-inch floppies. <laughs> have some. Have yeah. Have some printers. There's a lonely-looking uh, Atari 400. Some modems. I used to have a T-shirt. I remember modems. <laughs> yeah, here's an Atari 400 with a uh, thingy glued to it, so it actually has some. It's not really glued anymore. Oh, oh it's just a, it's just an overlay. That's what I thought. So cool. there's the membrane keyboard, and then they have the the domes that go on top of it, so that you actually have a. Uh, have buttons that you can push. So they've still improved cap, it. Still cap a, B, yeah. Yeah, they've improved it to a chiclet. That's great. Yeah, it's up to a Coca oh. One level now. Hey, what what drive was that at the end of the table there? Hey. Okay, I didn't really check this out. Oh, a Tandon. Twenty five dollars. That's the kind uh, of drive you find eight, in a. 16. It's an eight inch. It's an eight inch floppy drive, and well, actually, there's a manual here. It says that it's yep. MPI. Okay, MPI. It looks pretty much like the same drive you'd get in a um, Tandy six, uh, 16K or, or the uh, 16. Whoever, whoever said whoever said Tandon wins. Hey, Where's the Tandon? Because I rec- recognize that puppy. I've worked oh. on a couple of them. 
So the manual, the manual and the drive uh, don't go together. No. All right. All right. As Mark says, carriage return line feed. Go back to the. Here's the line feed. Now time for the carriage return. All right. Monitors, monitors, monitors. Terminal. Yeah, it's a terminal. And then this says North Star Horizon. So we have S100. Yeah. Yeah. I remember North Star for about 15 minutes. And <laughs> 15 minutes. And then uh, this table seems to be full of S100 cards. Probably like a RAM card, a homebrew EEPROM programmer. Um, I don't know, more EEPROM programmers. Mm, this, this is likely to be a floppy controller, probably. Because it has this... Um, Ribbon. 50 pin yeah, ribbon cable connector. So, this is probably a floppy controller. Well, it doesn't have any sort of uh, FTC chip. No. I wonder if it's more of an IO. Well, the, the very, the very, early, uh, very right. early floppy systems, the hard sectored ones, the way that they did stuff was the reason why it was hard sectored was so that every sector you get an index pulse. So that the hardware has an easier time of figuring out right. um, yeah. where 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 the sectors are on the disk. So. Just looking at those makes my fingers hurt from pulling all the freaking <laughs> rams and screws and case biting and oh yeah, that's memories. This this one here is a little little bit little bit cheaper, but it's not that complete of a system. It's, the, maxed, it's maxed out at six forty. The X the XT is one fifty and the monitor is eighty, and keyboard is twenty five. This is a lower price model because you look at uh, you look at this one, the monochrome monitor, one twenty five and one fifty for this one. So, but I would love to get my hands on one of these, but don't want to get yelled at. Until the DRAM flips in your hand and pins the end of your finger for the <laughs> freaking time. How many, how many times have the have the skin on our knuckles grown back because of that? Yes, exactly. Ron. Mikey, Mikey um, after she yells, it goes away. <laughs> goes away? You, you still the have the computer. goes away, you mean in the trash can? Yeah. No, the echo Ooh. in your head. The yell goes <laughs> away, and you still have uh, the computer. <laughs> I want an oh, AT&T unit machine. Adam 3. <sighs> Here's the uh, free pile. Now, I left some um, some co of my own company swag on the free, on the free pile, <laughs> and it disappeared. So, Because I didn't want it anymore. A couple of backpacks. You know, I don't want to throw. I don't want to throw the backpacks away. You know, so. See that and, hell that you just passed. Yeah, yes, that thing has no precision. Precision thirty four hundred. However, it has RAM bus memory in it, which is the most expensive crap you can ever buy. It actually does have a system in it, yeah. but there's no CPU. Uh, uh, I think, and there, and there won't be any RAM bus memory in it either. <laughs> No memory. Memory is uh, is empty here. I just uh, 
I just carted one of these away from not this exact model, but a very similar one from from my office that was just sitting around. My, my last company uh, bought a bunch of them, and they spent so much money on RAM upgrades because the RAM it used was just impossible. Uh, they may yeah, have made a different actually, one, but the one I, I actually had, don't know don't know what kind of memory the one that I have uh, has. I should actually look. So this table had the computer had a thirty dollar PC on it, and I just didn't, I just didn't get to it. Hey, what's this? Video capture. What does it go to? I think you need a card of some kind. Well, that's not that much use to me. Hard drive. Anybody want Byte Magazine? Interface Edge. Ooh. Exploring video graphics from when? December 1979, before the Coco. Cambridge Soundworks. LGR would like that. Here's some server stuff. Three calm network switch. Lonely Apple stuff. Then we go, uh, this room here is the uh, VCF consignment room. There's a bunch of cool stuff in here. Bunch of test equipment. I got me some free test equipment. Uh, HP 3465 digital multimeter. That might be nice for somebody, but it doesn't have that many digits. Why do they put the sticker on the screen? What do you mean? The sticker? Yeah. It, you, you, it, it no, it's right okay. Yeah, you got to pull it's, it off. And it it's on the blue. bezel. It's not on the screen. It's on the bezel. It's not a big deal, Ron. That's not that's not going to break anything. What's the machine on the side? This one? Mm -hmm. No, on the side. Uh, on its side on the floor. Uh, beta. Uh, no, VHS. Oh. It's a VHS. Yeah, I thought it was and then a there's, beta. Then there's a receiver... I just bought one. I just bought one. I could use could probably this would probably I just need stereo. That would work for me. Hey, uh, that, that that box right there with the switches? Resistor box. Looks, okay, because that looks exactly like what uh, Curious Mark was using in his last video to test that uh Bendix computer. That, so, uh, so yeah, this is a general general radio. Uh right. He was using decade, something that looked exactly like that box. to test that uh, mechanical computer from. Uh, and oh, so was the Bendix like an analog computer, a comparator thing? Well, it was. Uh, he's. They're looking at testing out restoring the. It came out of a fighter jet. It does all the. Okay, oh, the yeah, flight, it's comparators. The yeah. So yeah, that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Precision resistors to check. They out were using the, yeah. a box that looked yeah. just like that to try to drive the thing. If you. Yep. If you guys could feel how these knobs feel, oh man, yeah. they're they these are these are some these are some some real switches here. You're wow! Bet gold-plated contacts and wire-wound resistors and everything in there is just as keep going. There's some some parts. Uh, there's an Osborne over there, yeah, and then some more parts, more printers, Apple II. Four, four twenty nine Apple Two Plus with the disc. Mm. Ah, ADDS console nine eighty terminal. 
100 bucks. Got to hand me orange keys. <laughs> one, of the, one of these days, I'm going to have to do a terminal video. Uh, here's a handy item. Oh, yeah. Can you guys see that? Line oh, Daisy Wheel, Wheel. DW, oh. DWP 220. Yeah. That's it. I got one. I got a gray one. Has some ribbons. Oh, here is a Soviet VHS. Oh. That thing you had to pour. The case. $10 case. Ooh, where's David? Floppy. <laughs> floppy. I got a hard drives. I picked, yeah, I picked up a free floppy. Uh, what's this? I don't uh, recognize this. It says. Oh, Citizen. So it's Japanese design assembled in China. And here's a zip drive. It says Iomega. IDE zip drive. Yeah. Uh, how much did I want for this? Two dollars. Two dollars. Uh, I don't know. Think about it. Controllers. Do you have any racks? <laughs> <laughs> so there was a box of these. There was a box of these things in the free pile. And some old guy walked up and said, you know what those are? I'm like, those are for rack mounts. He's like, yeah, you have to have the older style rack mounts. Yeah, I have a box of those in the closet at work for our and, racks. And one of those nut puller things or your fingers yeah. will get sore. Oh, yeah. So you save your fingers. Well, what's in the gray case? Uh, Air. And server. Do you see that, Ron? That logo? Yeah. It's an Apple X surf. But if it has any drives in it, you click the you click the handles, and then the drive should wiggle out. I'm not going to break it, but that's how you. This is how you get the drives out of it. It has has a really cool uh, click handle. What I was so saying Apple is, X, what's in the gray bag behind it? This one. Yeah. Oh, just a. Uh, it's a Dell laptop. laptop. Ooh. Four eighty six. Twenty megabyte it's, drive. It's only forty dollars. Screen oh. broken. Usable Aww. with external monitor. It's a gamer mo- gamer. Aww. That's why it's reasonably priced, right? Bulk item. Man, who, who doesn't have a box HP, full of old CD drives? HP DVD ROM drive. If anybody want if anybody wants one, we have about half an hour and okay. Hey Tandy. Tandy one one thousand. Uh when I when I saw the price tag, I'm like, mm, don't know about that. Well they don't have the monitor, keyboard, mouse, and software. Right. But this amiga this amiga for fifteen hundred dollars. Mm. This is complete with the disk drive and everything. Amiga, original Amiga, Amiga 1000, right? Uh, Here's some mini PCs, slim PCs. Do these have a, one one second, do these have a 
floppy controller or too new? No, no I see a M too new. M uh um M SATA or whatever. Yeah, this is right. too new. It's missing right. too much. Not for me. Three point five inch. There's what the rack motherboards in that box behind you. Uh it's some kind of um let, let me let me get up to it and and a uh, little bit closer. So this is some <coughs> some kind of uh, some kind of computer. Just uh, computer. Uh, Pentium one sixty six. DIY repack. DIY repack, right? Yeah. Okay. It looks like it came out of oh, yeah. came out of some case, and then. Uh, then it only has one slot, so it has this riser card that has the slots on it. Huh. Huh. <laughs> is, is it worth for sixty dollars? Don't know. All right, Apple, Apple, Apple magazines, nuts and volts, servo magazine, Hazeltine terminal, Spectrum Two Plus. This Mac with the keyboard apparently working is three ninety nine. This is actually my friend. Uh, this 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 is actually my consignment. <laughs> I'm not happy to see it's still here. Um, this was a server that I used for my website for a long time, and I found it in the garage. And my friend friend said, "Hey, want to want to try selling it?" I'm like, sure, I can take it to a VCF. I used Go to ahead. have two of those seventeen fifties. Yeah. So uh, he wanted 200 bucks for it, and I said, okay, I'll add a little more for the consignment fee. So there's a Commodore, Apple. This one is interesting. Does so anybody want an Apple One uh, clone? Sure. It's only $2,999. Maybe not. But it's pretty nice. There's, somebody actually has one inside of the show. You can go look at it a little bit later. And then there's random, random stuff in box. CD drive, power supply, random uh, network cards, SATA card, Craftsman, what's this? Uh, it, it's an engraver. Craftsman electronic engraver. Yeah. Okay. So that's the consignment. Uh, some RAM. Wonder if any of this RAM would go in that machine. I don't. I don't. I personally don't know what the RAM bus looks like. Oh, it's got Anything? a big giant heat spreader on the top of it and runs ah, at about okay. a thousand degrees. Yeah, Anything good. else you guys want to see again before I move along? Is they're going to be closing this up in a half an hour? Cool. Some old cell phones. And then uh, T-shirts. I'm I'm not sure what the deal uh, with this terminal is. As is, hasn't been turned on for 40 years. Has obvious CRT disease. Wow, <laughs> that think? looks pretty terrible. <laughs> uh, this this probably just non-glare on the front. This is an actual, honest to goodness, Lear Siegler terminal since it has the LSI and ADM. 
Right, right. This is before all of the Adam stuff. Right. Interest list for the terminal. All righty. Now we're going to go zip past the registration desk. Are they using a cocoa to register people? <laughs> and and a TP10, yeah, sure. <laughs> Got some uh, books here. I've been watching these things disappear. There were some that I was interested in, which are gone, and that's good for me. They've had aliens at the show, huh? All right. Uh, this is somebody's uh, exhibit. This is a Cosmac uh, Elf with the eighteen oh two. Is it? Don't know. RCA. Yep. yep. RCA. RCA. Yeah. Yep. Looks like some old video game systems and somebody's uh, portable portable yep. computer. Wasn't <laughs> that being pretty cool? Yeah. Looks like the keyboard for it sitting over there. Yeah. Okay. This thing, this thing is pretty interesting. Can you guys? How well? Can, how well can you guys see this? Is that a flatbed potter? Uh yeah. Oh, this is plotter, like a. But what's driving? What's driving the plotter? Can you like uh, a I'll go in, computer there? I'll go in. I'll go in a little bit closer. So you can see what's going on here. This is a computer. Yeah. Yes, this is a, an analog computer made out of Lego. <laughs> no, it's a Rector set. <laughs> okay, these are, these are I mean, the Rector set. Yeah. This is this is this is metal with screws. So, okay. So computer so this, file tables, your fire tables. So this, here. so this this yeah. is a this is a Rector set. Nice. These gears these gears bite. Don't touch. Well, I only, I only touch the side. Just. Just to sort of prove to you guys that it was so metal, wheel, metal and gears and chains and stuff. Right. So the wheels with the uh, sliding things, I'm missing the word right now. Comparators, something. They're, they're, it does matter. What's, the, the fact of having the little wheels sliding on the big record player looking thing does matter. What's the name of this device? This with a, an integrator. You're, you're integrator, close, Rick. Exactly. It's an integrator. So here you yeah. can compute your ballistic fire tables to shoot bombs at people. There's six of them, yeah. I like the way it fits on the table. Sort of. <laughs> it's nicely done. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yes. Yeah. Do you have to oil that thing? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, wow. <laughs> WD-40? Yeah, WD-40, light machine oil. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, they have different. Are these the names of the variables? K, and then you have delta phi over T or whatever for this one. This one is this one is a sine sine function, cosine function. Uh, this one seems relatively familiar. What do you guys think? Yeah. Okay. Pretty cool, huh? That's a computer. Does it make noise? Yes, but uh, uh, can I switch microphones? I don't. I don't think I can switch microphones. So, 
so have a lot more in the show. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start moving faster. Okay. Because we're at two o'clock. It's time for Mark to have dinner, right? Hmm. Here's the Sphere computer. This software running. And then uh, I don't know. I don't know if you guys, if you guys know about uh, this YouTube that, channel. Was that the Macintosh librarian I saw go by? And then here's and then here's Mackie. I didn't know that Mackie was portable until I saw her, saw Kate uh, walking around with it. So, so uh, if you guys don't know about her channel, I'm gonna say it's cute. Sometimes a little too cute. It makes me face palm sometimes, but they're fun videos to watch. Yeah, okay. maybe you shouldn't go there, rabbit hole. You'll never get out. Uh some some kind of thing with a vector display. Stupid computer. Ha ha ha. Okay. All right. Walking, walking, walking. Here's Steve, who you guys saw earlier. And uh, his exhibit has every single Atari uh, 800 cartridge. Oh, Coco. Oh, I didn't. Let, 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 me, let me get you closer. The Vint oh. Nerd. Oh. <laughs> All right. Cool. I'm going to take you guys uh, Battle of the GUI. Have uh, Commodore 128 and what's this one? I don't know what this is. I guess this is DOS something. An Atari? Some kind of DOS computer. With, uh, Apple II C. Yeah. So here's the first Mac. Wall of Macintoshes coming up. Macintosh, 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 Macintosh. Can we? Come on, guys. Do you have any? We should all get together. We should get together at one of these VCFs. Try to get this, this many cocos in a line. Come on, guys. We can do it. We have the power. Are we they playing Bolo on them? We have more cocos than they have Max. Ha, 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 ha. Are they playing Bolo of, on those A couple Max? of uh, VCFs ago, I think it was. Uh, don't remember if it was Commodores or Ataris. Every time, every time a different computer dominates everybody else, and this time it's Macintoshes. Macintosh is as far as I can see. When one guy brings fifteen, it's it's gonna skew the number of Ha 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 ha! Don't get me wrong, I use my fair share of Macintoshes, so I have one that's streaming over there. Okay, we've entered Unix land. Ah, uh, S U G O Micro PDP eleven. The VT two twenty terminal. An HP Lunchbox PC, Silicon Graphics, Nextbox. This one is a Sun 4 260. This is here is Backbit. I haven't had a chance to talk to this person. I would love to. Okay, looks like we've entered Commodore land. Commodore Pet. Uh, and then okay. have more Commodores. Ah, sixty-four. They have a Commander X sixteen. Nice, right, right there. Commander X sixteen. 
Commodores, Commodores, Commodores. Uh, this is a uh, auction auction site. Uh, you guys, you guys know what uh, this thing is? Anybody? Oh, do you a hit it with port, a ported ported input panel for like an auto, right? Makes music. What's that? No. Oh, this. Steve, Steve. I mean, uh, RR. Those were the guys selling that Apollo stuff. Ah. They? Uh-huh. Yes, you see the signatures there on this check. Yes, if you rarely see a full Stephen Bosniak signature, but the fact that it's both Bosniak and Jobs on it is pretty amazing. Uh, this check, we believe, paid for the prototype boards. He says, he says he believes it paid for the prototype boards for like Apple One or two. Apple One. That's Apple One. Okay. Six. They don't incorporate. Yeah. What's the What's the current estimate for this check? Well, it was fifty thousand, but it's already at sixty-one thousand. It's a live auction. Okay. So if you guys want this check signed by Waz and Jobs, it's currently $61,000 at, at uh, what's it called? RR Auctions. Okay. Sorry, that was interesting. I needed, I needed to stop to see that. Oh, my God. I have never seen so many SX64s at one time. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven SX64s all in one place. Who knew nice. that they had that many? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> With keyboard cables. Way more than that. <laughs> all right. So this is the exhibit that I wanted to be next to, but my exhibit is in a different place. Uh, this is the guy who has this portable computer from 1976. So uh, it has a 6800 and the actual computer boards back there. And he, he told me before that the company who made this uh, made a keyboard module, made a vacuum fluorescent display module, a printer uh, printer module over here, a tape module, and put, put them all in a box. Now, this guy told me, this is the one that told me he took this to school and didn't and ignored all of the all of the bullying. So uh, this this is this is pretty this is amazing technology for 1976. Awesome. Ooh, power supply. Wow. And look at that cap. You I could probably... I I What's that, Rick? I was just saying, look at the power cap in there. You can start a car oh, off yeah, of that yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, the yeah, big yeah. blue can there. That's about a fair ad. I, I like it, but the Cocoa <laughs> people don't seem to be that interested in it. <laughs> I think it's super cool. <laughs> All right. On the other I side... I thought it was cool. Yeah, okay. You're just having to rush around. We're just letting you rush around and talk. That yeah. was really cool. Uh, 6,800, man. Come on. Yeah. All I right. actually saw a few people I knew. Hey, whose exhibit is this? Uh, some loser. Uh, no one important. Can I put myself on the screen? What, what, is, what is that? Hi. Oh, I'm looking at myself. Shaky Jam. He wants, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, the exhibit uh, right next to me, uh, these are all uh, alpha machines. 
Deck Alpha, Deck Alpha. Nice. They're pretty cool. Yes, they were. More Macintoshes. Uh, Power Mac. Something signed by Waz. G3 Booster 366. Can you guys see this, or is the contrast not that good? I think you can see that, right? good, yeah. SE30, G4 Cube, some Power Macs. Yep. And then, uh, every time, every time I come to this exhibit, he's talking, talking to somebody. I have to come back when I'm not on the stream. I actually want to know more about what you're doing. So I'll come back later. I know it's running some running Mac on something that's not supposed to be running it. So <laughs> that's what I heard. Zia <laughs> C3 Gaming. Okay. This guy's exhibit was interesting. Uh, this, this computer right here is a Russian, Russian computer. It's a Russian home computer. And apparently it has a clone of a PDP 11. That's the chip that runs this home computer. So Russian, Russian clone. Holy moly. That's, That's interesting. Crazy. I found that, I found that pretty interesting. But then when I thought it through, um, I, I don't, I don't know if this is the chip here. It might be. But when I, when I thought about it, I'm like, hmm, well, if it's a home computer, then I don't think you're really going to know the difference of what kind of CPU is inside of it. You're just going to have devices hooked up to memory addresses or I.O. ports, right? So what's the difference, right? They multiplied. What, there, there, was, there was a pie there before. Now there's two Apple One clones. <laughs> two Apple One clones. Okay. We have an HP... Now, that's an interesting, an interesting solution for the problem of finding pens. Sharpie. I've Sharpie never, I've that. never seen, I've never seen that before. Anybody use a Sharpie? That's, that's a good one. Yeah, I've seen that before. Ah. So I discovered that the hole in the pen holder, hole the the diameter exactly matches the pen diameter. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's just the right diameter. Yeah. Stuck it in a way and then took off Okay. Yeah. So he's what he's saying is that he takes the sorry um uh, he takes the takes the sharpies and uh mills them down a little bit so that they fit in the HP holder and this is something that you can you can obviously buy buy in any craft store and you have infinite pens and lots of colors and stuff. So this, this exhibit is uh, HP 85, 85 computer. So Hewlett Packard basic, pretty interesting stuff. That's, that's pretty cool. Make, make sure that you make a video or write an article or something about this. So other people know about it. Uh -huh. This is a color computer show. What do they know? I, I don't even know anything about these computers. Commodore, Commodore, uh, Atari. Uh, have some more deck stuff. Uh, I, I don't see any. I don't see any blinking lights. 
Does that mean that they're not running? Oh, okay. This one's running. Yeah, that one's just the show. This one's. Uh, it looks like it looks like we're counting. Well, that's the null job on CSSA uh, that runs when the system is otherwise idle. There's not much going on on it right now. Uh, PDP HM. Here's Amiga Amiga Corner. They have the logo up there. Uh, I don't know exactly what this contraption is. But Dega Bay. It's a Commodore logo. It's a um add-on for the uh five hundred. An add-on for a five hundred? Yeah, it's pricey. Has some slots in the back. That's pretty yeah. cool. Amiga, Amiga, uh, PC gaming, and then uh, this 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 guy here is a pretty cool old guy. He's got a bunch of old uh, Suns, Sun three fifty, Sun three sixty, Sun one sixty, three one ten. Tell him I'll give him my spleen for a three sixty. <laughs> That's Sunblade I have in my closet. And then uh, across the way, across the way from me, is uh, a video game partner. So, since this is already, since this is already kind of taken a long time, uh, anything that you guys want to see, uh, I have one one more thing to show you guys. Yes, I need I to show you the I need to show you the PDP eleven. That's driving the LED sign, which is over here. Yes, I want to see absolute stillness. C6. So, this this computer, BDP 1105, with the nice blinking lights. And it's going through this breadboard. And that's driving the sign. Oh, the computer's doing something, switched house or did something. PDP 11 slash 05. All right. Z80. Uh, These look like a chainer boards. Hmm. So clear QL. I have one of these. I should probably talk to the person that has this channel to find out what what kind of cool stuff they have hooked up to it. I wanted one of them back in the day. Beeb. Some kind of robot thing. The robot thing, I guess, is being driven by the Beeb. So... All right, guys. Other than uh, other than uh, stillness, what else uh, would you guys like to see? Anything? No, I think they're all in all of all the great stuff. Yeah, especially, especially all the cool Macintoshes. <laughs> oh my God, Macintoshes for miles. Are you saying Mackie on top of it? So, no, are, are you saying hi to all the wonderful Mac people that we know? 
Just sigh. Sigh. Go somewhere in this stream. Next time you go over there, ask them if they have one that's made into a fish tank. Uh, that's that's offensive. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I said go ahead and ask. <laughs> you want to get him beat up? What? Wait. Yeah, I definitely don't want to get beat up. Well, almost all that's the that's the quickie tour of uh, VCF West. So very cool. It's got a lot for oh, me. It's a lot of cool <laughs> stuff. Would it cost you to get in there? Nothing. No? Yeah. It doesn't cost anything. It, exhibitors are free. So. All right, guys. Uh, if you don't, if none of What's you want to see anything mission? else in more depth, then uh, I will sign off. You did okay, a great job. I'll go, back, I'll go back to the stationary setup so you don't have to watch all the motion. How's did, that? You did a great job. Thank you. Yes, thanks for the yeah, Very cool. cool. And thank you for representing, because apparently you're the only Coco there. Really? Yeah. Right. I think I'm the. I, I think I'm really the only Coco here. Talk let about me, being the underdog. Give, give me yep. one one moment to get uh, uh, plugged back into my other setup here. Be right back. Oh, I think I know the problem. All the people with all, all right. the cocos are busy using them. They're not wandering right. around the pension hall somewhere. <laughs> there was never a, a cocoa fish tank. Nah, got stuff for it to do. Uh, well, I think that was about it we had for the show today. Yeah, well, the cocoa doesn't have a screen built into it. Right. Do we have a fish tank program for the cocoa somewhere? Hmm. <laughs> There's a graphic of a fish one time being caught with a hook, but I think it was on like a, you know, was- rain- rainbow on disc or something. Yeah. Uh, we need a fish tank simulator. I know somebody who likes fish. I'm going to ask her to start drawing some fish. Yeah, Coco Coco Barracuda. Shall we say goodbye? Sure. Yeah, let's do that. Because, yeah, that's a lot of cool stuff all at once. And now I've got more games from Inufutu to go play. Nick Marentes, what time is it over there? Uh Uh-oh. Breakfast time. Time for a nap. (laughs) He's he's gone anyway. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait a minute. I know why I can't see nobody. There's everyone else. Haha! Unhide. Yeah. All right. Let me run the outro. Cool. Because yeah. I need to go. I'm feeling yeah. a bit green. Don't we all? Okay. This concludes another episode of The Coco Nation, the world's leading live interactive talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things The Coco Nation, visit us on the web at thecoconation.com. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to show at thecoconation.com. The Coco Nation show would not exist without the community and its cast and crew. The Coco Nation theme song copyright 2022 D.
ever. See you here again. <laughs> yeah, I'm awake. <laughs> so rough night last night. Okay, let's. I'm just uh, turn my camera on. Just, I just took a bit of a nap. Did I miss anything? No. Nope. Yeah. No, we started <laughs> a new show. Yeah, you missed a bunch of Amigas. <laughs> no fish tanks. Max. Episode 325. <laughs> she slept right through 325. Oh, we're up to 325 now, are we? <laughs> we were. Now it's yeah. over. Yep. Okay. Bye bye. Good dinner. Remember next next week special guest two is it Mark? It's uh, Matt Harper, Wizards Den. Yeah. How many hours we go without uh, Curtis? Good. Three and a half. Yeah, not bad. All right. Flyers. Goodbye, everybody. Later, folks. Bye. 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 Better next week. We promise. Do something on your cocoa this week. We didn't do it bad. <laughs>